Recycle Garage. <laughs> sorry. In uh, sunny. I'm sorry. Fucking, you're not sorry at all. <laughs> a fucking madhouse over here. I love it. Everybody's losing their sh- collective shit. <laughs> uh, speaking of which, we figured out who are m- afternoon poopers, morning poopers, and uh, late poopers. I like that. You know. <laughs> there was a dirt bike pooper yesterday. And coffee poopers. That's right. Oh, yes. The, the fast poopers response. It, from it the was a conversation going around today. I was surprised how many people are afternoon poopers. But I was more surprised at the fact that Jake gave me a look like an uh, inappropriate garage conversation. And she did. In the garage? I saw that look from across the garage. I've never seen that look come across Jake anyone's poop. face. She's too angelic. Considering no, the conversations <laughs> we have here. I couldn't believe uh, that's where the line that's where was the drawn. Line's drawn. You sure the look yeah, wasn't sure. you poop in the morning? Knock well, <laughs> Knock was talking about eating shit earlier, so I'm not yeah, sure well, where this yeah. is going to go. Uh, I, I fully ate shit. Well, for those listening, you Context. can tell it's going to be an absolute shit show tonight because we've got <laughs> don't don't <laughs> give them anything to us. No. Um, house. It's actually it's going to be a golden shower of piss. <laughs> <laughs> okay, who do we have in the house tonight, Liza? For God's sakes, just who is Move who on, are quickly. we here? Hey, first of all, you got me. This is Liza, and in lieu of Mother's Day, this is my quote: mm-hmm. Whether you're a brother or <gasps> whether you're a mother, <gasps> oh, oh, a mother. you're staying alive. Staying alive. Aha, aha, aha. Staying alive. Ah, that's good. Uh, <laughs> over in the corner, we've got Bagel. You say you're right when you are wrong. And though you're weak, you believe you're strong. Why should you try to be much taller than you are? Wow. Mm. Is that the, is that the new Avril Lavigne song? No, no. <laughs> Madness. Oh, okay. <laughs> On the tall seat tonight, we've got Knock. Hi, go fuck yourselves. <laughs> <laughs> That's lovely. Such inspiration. Yeah. It's going to be one of those nights, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> and right next to that, we've got Douglas. I'll be right back. I'm going to go fuck myself. <laughs> <laughs> Can I watch? Turn my mic off, please, while I get up. <laughs> Can I watch? <laughs> yeah. Later. Bring the mic, actually. Sweet. <laughs> is it yeah, macaroni Mike, yeah. or is it Doug fucking himself? That's the question. <laughs> well, apparently. Oh, oh. Can we say something motorcycle? <laughs> yeah. Well, okay, it's who's next? It's Fuck. Isaac next to Douglas. <laughs> no, Kitty, it's Matt Pot Pot. <laughs> wow. Thank you, Cartman. Kitty being a dildo. Kitty being a dildo. Who's sleeping with mommy tonight? <laughs> no, Kitty, that's a bad kitty. <laughs> On the couch tonight, we've got Miss Emma. Hey, man, you talking back to me? Take him out. You've got Gotta to keep, keep them, them separated. Separated. <laughs> <laughs> hey, man, you disrespecting me. Take him out. You've got to take him <laughs> 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 Hello, darlings. Jeez. Wow. Hello. It'll be time to wrap up by the time we're done with the intros. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for listening, everyone. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks for listening, see? Thanks for listening. And go fuck yourself, see? Apparently, <laughs> that was the episode. <laughs> Too many donuts at the garage this morning. I know. <laughs> <laughs> Wired. Also on the pretty girl couch tonight, we've got Cat. 
Uh, apparently, I've never been on live radio before. Oh, first time caller. Mm, apparently, <laughs> it was sunny today. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Next to that, we've got John Dalton. Ass. Titties. Ass. Yes. And titties. Yes. Ass. Ass. Titties. Titties. Ass. ass and titties. <laughs> Thank you. Oh, my so God. That's a good one. <laughs> are, you re- are you reading Jim's phone right now? <laughs> oh, yeah. That was so worth it just to watch Knock do that dance. Yeah. <laughs> like, <laughs> you it, just put your phone away. It was like Hypnotoad. I could watch Knock do that all night long. <laughs> Next up, we've got Naked Jim. Hey, hey, hey. <laughs> That's it. Fuck? Can we talk about yeah, motorcycles now? What is this like? like <laughs> and and we have the one and only. Well, I saved the best for last. Of course, of course, Mr. New York himself, Big Papa. <laughs> <laughs> I've I've now renamed you. By the way, it's Magic Mike. Magic Mike. <laughs> I like that one. Now you just can't leave. Hey, <laughs> 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 so yeah, I tried to warn you. It's it's a it's a. Festive crowd. You know, like, you know what the problem hour. is? Is we had about eight pounds of sugar and sweets mm-hmm. in here today. Oh, we yeah. brought Kat and oh I brought cake. Gosh. Charlie bought donuts. A fucking and croissant Angela donut. had, do- um, had donuts. Yeah. yeah, Doug, who made the cake? I did. That's fabulous cake. It's out of the box. I mean, I slaved over it. All I like day. the rainbow <laughs> sprinkles. They came in the box. No, I mean, the I made those from yeah. scratch. The rainbow <laughs> sprinkles for the yeah. best part. You made them from rainbows? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> fucking hacked up some unicorns. No, that, uh, I was going to say, I think cat farts rainbows. He's got to catch it. I have yet to hear her fart. Okay. Let's let's talk about motorbikes. Let's talk about what we did this week. and. Hey, Knock and Jim, can you guys real quick get a, give a recap of oh, our day yesterday? We had to straighten out forks. Yeah. <laughs> uh, we went to Hollister uh, a Dirt Bike Park, SVRA, whatever the fuck you call those things, mm. OHV Park. And uh, I went out there with my XR650R on some 17-inch uh, 17, 17 nobbies to just try it out. It was pretty. Those were the Continental ones, or were they? They're TKC80s from okay. Continental, and we were doing a shakedown ride for the uh, Sheet Iron 300, and um, I spent like 25 miles plus or something on on the uh, TT track, just trying to get used to what those things would handle like and all that stuff. Yeah. Well, the big thing is remember what kind of what your front rim you were running. 17s, yeah. 17, yeah. 17s, yeah. And uh, it's those things look pretty aggressive to they me. Look, I mean, yeah. What do they pitch them at? 60 40s or something? They're or? 50 50s. They're apparently 50 50 tires. They look aggressive for they're 50 50. S- they're super aggressive. You know, and, we, uh, on the dirt. I mean, I had no problems with hooking up on the rear. Uh, front end, a little bit different because um, it's a 17 inch rim. So right. it, it wanted to push and it was kind of shaky, you know? Like, I, I, it's not like riding out on a dirt bike rim. Knock, well, I'm going to throw one more wrench in the gears, yeah. too. That, the conditions at Hollister change daily. Yeah. Yeah. So next time you go, same thing. Mm-hmm. It's going to feel different. <laughs> yeah, it was it, somewhat dusty. It changes dusty. hourly sometimes. Yeah, yeah. it was it I mean, was it was dry. So today, what, uh, what the other day? We had this conversation before because we we're doing this dual sport event. But what pressure were you running yesterday? Uh like twenty eight something twenty oh. twenty eight. I mean, it was trying, what's the, what's low. the dual sport pressure you want to run when you go in fire roads, oh, uh, paved roads, fire and roads? single track? Twenty. Well it's, well, it's everything from single track to fire roads. Twenty. You know? 20 boat, no, like 20, you, you, you want to be about 20. Yeah. And maybe even go down from there. I mean... Because I was running uh, like 18 and 15, I think. No, that's not a bad place to yeah. be. I mean, the only thing is, you, you when you're running that lower pressure, you, you've really got to be careful that your tire doesn't creep and 
pull out your valve stem, but yeah, or like just ding your rim. It'll like, right, you know, exactly. compress I mean, so far it'll fuck up your rim. But fifteen on the front isn't that low. I mean, no, I mean, right. no, you know, it's it's high for a dirt bike. Yeah, right. We so run ten to twelve. Yeah, yeah, when it's in Hollister, funky. Yeah. Yeah. So how did how did that uh, little front wheel do at Hollister? You know what? Not bad at all. Like, oh, uh, the first. Except, except for that time you went missing and we had to go <laughs> look for you. What happened? Well, huh? that was that was not so much the front wheel. That was just me being an idiot. Um, he I got, was. He it's literally called, got stuck in a. It's called road. dirt biking. <laughs> did, did you? Of course, I was following Liza, and uh, we went up a, up uh, a left hand uphill banked turn, and she took off. And being mm. an idiot, I, I didn't actually get up off the bike. I was kind of still sitting uh, sitting on it. Lazy. And uh, yeah, I was being lazy, and I, I kind of pivot turned around the corner and like. As the bike came down, it landed in a rut. Like the rear end landed in a rut, and the front end went over the front over a ditch. So like, so like, <laughs> my bike was teetering the front end over the ditch and the rear end in a rut. And so I'm like, well, I just high centered my bike. Okay, now what? <laughs> I'm just sitting there going, well, uh, if I get off this bike, it's gonna fall into that ditch. So uh, I managed to straddle it and just pull the bike out. You know, and well, it's. Because yet you couldn't kick it where it was at, right? I couldn't kick it because it was <laughs> in, the <laughs> in the ditch. I tried. I, I tried kicking it, and I was going thunk. It's like, well, it's not moving four inches. But, you, but you you know, know. That's, that's the, it, it's good to do the shakedown rides like this because yeah. you have those experiences. That you, you, you never imagine that's going to happen. Right, exactly. You know, okay, got to deal with this. And then you deal with it, and you're like, cool. Yeah, right, I mean, yeah. my primary concern was getting into a rut so deep that my uh, brake rudder would, would get affected because it's a 17-inch rim, but I got 320-millimeter rotors. Those things are fucking huge, and if uh, and they're like 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 less than three inches away from the rim itself. Yeah. So if I you know go down a deep rut, they could get deflected or whatever. Yeah, I've, I've done that in the desert, like in those rocky washouts where you come yeah. up where it's just rock and like a, just a notch out of the rock basically, and not yeah. knowing it, and all of a sudden smack the front rotor just straight up on a rock. Yeah, so. and it just stops your bike because it's just hitting this rotor. But and you're you like, did oh, awesome, fuck. man! You were ripping up on that TT uh, track. You, know what? you did it's really like, good. Uh, you know what? I went out there and I didn't have a plan. I didn't normally when I do stuff like that, compartmentalize what I'm working on, like braking or accelerating no, or turning no, or whatever. But your life doesn't have a plan. I don't. It's 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 this is true. <laughs> it's I just show up. It's a shit show. You just show up. I just show you. up, and sometimes cool <laughs> shit happens, and I'm, I'm okay with that. It's been like 85 percent cool shit, so I'm like I'm gonna roll with this. Okay. But um, yeah, no, I did like about 24, 25 miles on the TT track. Um, figured out how the front end would react under load and under acceleration and all that stuff, and it was it was cool. How that, was it at the uh, trials area? The trials area was it was okay. I yeah. mean, um, the, except for the hitting that ditch that one time, it was it was fine. Okay. Um, the rear end has decent traction. I was surprised. I mean, the thing has so much torque that it would just spin out all the time. That's, right. that's the real issue. But um, sheet iron is a lot of road sections on that too. Yeah. How are those things on the road? A lot of road noise, the signal to noise ratio. I mean, I got, I've been spoiled with really nice um, sport bike tires on the right. Motard, but um, this is okay. I mean, uh, well, we did what between sixty and seventy on that road outside the park. Just yeah, to see you what guys, it was like. that's not too bad. We, we left the park and went up the road just to see what it's like. Yeah. Oh, it's a great biking road. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Nice, uh, high speed, twisty right. kind of. And it connects hmm. it to yeah. some nice red Sienega road back there. Is a nice road it connects yeah. to, so it'd be worth exploring back there. But I, it was a good day of dirt biking to shake but some shit out. And totally, very cool. Yeah, yeah. No, it was. It was a was a fun time. I mean, and we had our packs and all of our tools and tubes and everything, and we're going to be yeah. taking on the trip just to like try it out. And I learned about certain parts of my gear that are chafing that yeah. I don't want to be on for like ten hours. Like your knickers. 
No, my knickers were okay. Okay, that's the main <laughs> thing. Uh, yeah, so knee just pads, working right? stuff out. Yeah, my knee pads and a part on my um, jacket. And um, yeah, we were just kind of working out what, how do you dress for multiple, you know, le- have layers and for different cold and heat, yeah. but you have to pack everything with you. So Mike. it's like a lot of like windbreakers and micro fleece and trying to figure that out. You got to like rely on technology and shit. But you know what? Land, but Jim, aren't you glad you've got an electric start on that bike? I am glad I have an electric start. <laughs> you know, yeah. because a lot of dirt, ah, you got to kickstart it. You, but yeah. here's the deal. You high centered your bike. Mm-hmm. You got all your gear on. Mm-hmm. Kickstarting that thing was just... It's a pain in the dick. Oh, yeah. well, <laughs> it was a real pain in the dick. I was like, well, I got to move this, and I'm on this fucking incline, and I'm like, well, this is my life sucks right now. Yeah, like, you, you should know? come dirt biking more often. It'd be cake now. Yeah, <sighs> God. It's, you, you know, don't, it's... don't have any practice, you know? Yeah, it, what sucks is, like, this, this, this is a dirt bike, quote-unquote, but it's, like, almost 300 pounds, and it's a right. dick to just move it around and, and like, maneuver it and... It's a, big bike. it's a big bike. It's a big bike. Yeah, there's no well, getting that, around it. Yeah. That first time that you uh, you dumped on the TT track, I, you, you lifted it up pretty easily. And that's what I was checking. I'm like, how hard was that to get? And you seem to get it up okay. Yeah, the weight on that thing is, is kind of towards the bottom. Yeah. So it's but, on flat ground, it. it's not too I was hard. It's say, not flat too bad, ground yeah. is one but thing. If exactly. It's, if it's on a slant, you're. Yeah, it's shitty. <laughs> yeah. Even the TTR 125 is a bitch on a hill side. Hey, knock. Hey, knock. Duck. Oh, shit. That's a curb. I'm hitting the curb. I'm on the curb. Don't. Oh. What yeah. happened? What happened? Uh, no, earlier today, I was just being a ding-dong, being a m- <laughs> regular Motard guy. Uh, <laughs> With the this emphasis is, on Todd? Yes. Uh, there was this road that I, I go up, and I was going to a friend's house, and, and I crest the road, and there's this duck in the middle of the road. And like an idiot, I like swerved to avoid it. What? I know. I know. I You're an animal lover. There. The thing an was in lover. flight, and it was dinner. at right at my head level, and I saw it. I slowed down, and then I... You know, turned away from it, and um, I what, turned what, away. Hmm? What kind of duck was it? It was like a mallard or something. I think it was just a local, uh, like shitty fucking bird. It was, a, it was a knock duck. Yeah, it was just some <laughs> foul beast. You're did so it, proud uh, of yourself right now. I think uh, that. But like, anyway, <laughs> such a bad. <laughs> did it, did I, I'm so sorry. Did it quack aggressively at you? No, it was. No, I, I, I quacked aggressively off. at it, but. So what happened? Uh, did, did you so, toot- toodle the horn box? I know my horn doesn't work. <laughs> oh. <laughs> oh, you should have uh, said hi, hi, hi. Yeah, no. Yeah. <laughs> I, avoided the, I, I avoided the bird, and I should have just gone through it, because the thing was at chest high, and I was like, oh, I don't know what's going to happen and if I hit this. then after you have chest. a salad. Right. <laughs> and so I, as I swerved away, I noticed I'm swerving away towards the curb, and, I, and like a fucking moron, I looked at the curb, and I go, why am I looking at the curb? Because I'm just going to hit it and fall, and like a half a second later, that's exactly what happened. <laughs> <laughs> like, like, duh, you know? Like, um, Anyways, I hit the curb, and I like, uh, I, I dumped the bike, and I wasn't going very fast. It was like 10, 15 miles an hour. Hmm. And uh, I get up, I'm like, what the fuck? What, I, what am I doing here? Anyways, I, I picked the bike up and bent the uh, uh Move the, uh, uh, the the handle hand guards back and and you know, just good to go. I'll but say that bike held up really well. When I saw how yeah. the the how much metal you shaved off the hand guard. Oh, yeah, dude, this thing's the slid ten was, feet or so. Yeah, nothing even, else on you the can't bike. Can't even tell how many times it's been down. Right, it's yeah. been down a whole bunch of times. <laughs> but yeah, no, I got up and I was like, well, that was a stupid bonehead thing. It was about time. It's been like two and a half years since I like actually dumped it on the street. Like that's a fun street though. Yeah. Because yeah. you can really get up. I mean, and it's hump. like, and, and don't get me wrong, I don't like dump it on a sheet a whole bunch, but when I do, it's stupid bonehead shit under 20 miles an hour, you know, like dropping the bike and stuff like that. But 
Aside from that, I mean, my helmet didn't even touch the ground, but aside from that, yeah. Did you do a breakdance move as you dismounted? Well, I mean, I'm sliding. I'm going, okay, can I just stop sliding now? Like, <laughs> I, I, But in my mind, I'm, you know, you go, okay, well, this crash well, is going as well as it can. You is know? that why your pants are yeah. all fucked up yeah, right that, now? That's, that's fucked. Yeah, it's blown out. Well, remember, remember though, <laughs> if, how much paper yeah, but you not, uh, Well, not remember, if you're sliding, that means you're not hitting anything. Right, exactly. And it's the sudden no. deceleration that gets you. Right, exactly. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I, I'm it, sitting here sliding, it's, it's and I'm stopping. going, well, nothing's hurting. Uh, nothing's you know burning through my jacket. And I was like, okay, this is fine. Knock, I think there's a duck that owes you a debt of thanks. Fucking, fucking A. It's Mother's Day. You didn't want to take I out know. the mama yeah, duck. Yeah, well, it might have been a mama duck. How much, your food. How much gear were you wearing? Were you wearing like... Oh, no. I was wearing my Dainese jacket, um, and I had um, uh, uh, cargo pants with uh, knee pads underneath it and my uh, my dirt bike boots. How about okay. your butt? Cool. Huh? How about your butt? No, nothing on my butt. Just okay. just pants and, and underwear. But you're okay. Yeah. That's the main thing. I'm, fi- I'm and fine. And Benoit balls. Yeah, I mean, I think I got a Charlie horse from. Uh, yeah, you got a Charlie horse uh, from from hitting the curb. But it's that's pretty that, good, though. Okay. Yeah. yeah. I mean, like, I, I'm pretty good at fucking up. So, I, you know, years of training of fucking up. So. <laughs> it's working at the boardwalk. Yeah. Well. Right. Exactly. So I wanted to just give a quick, real quick update. Um, we're working on a lot of stuff today, but um, in the category of. There's no such thing as a free bike. Yeah. True yeah. that. <laughs> Somebody has to pay. Oh, yeah. Sooner or later. Well, um, so there's the SV650 that I got for free, which the first thing I found out was uh, $300 in back reg. That was unexpected. Okay. Not free. Okay. Now, uh, and then there was just a couple broken bits on it that, you know, dead battery. It's a bald tire. Okay. So another couple hundred dollars. Okay. And then uh, Emma was getting into it. And discovered that there's no compression at all on the front cylinder. Oh, no Ooh. shit. And, well... What do you think it is? Uh, it could be... See, here's the problem. Um, it didn't just... Get, yes, yes, yes. Um, it didn't just happen when the bike was standing. I mean, Gary, this happened when he was riding, so it could be anything. Yeah. Well, not just that. So she started prepping to, to inspect it and started draining the coolant. Because you got to take the radiator off. Oil in the cola. Oh. <laughs> coil. Coil. Head got that coil, huh? Head gasket. Yeah. Yeah, mom. Yeah. Head gasket. Just goes to show. I mean, were you able to see the pistons move up and down as oh, you turn yeah. it from the from the front from the plug well at all, or D- they do that? It's sorta. <laughs> um, no, you know, I'm I'm just gonna pull the front head off and see what's up. See what's up, and it'll either be sayonara, sucker, or we'll just. You know, for the cost of a head gasket, yeah, it might be worth doing. But you know, everywhere I look on that bike, I mean, I love Gary. He's so sweet giving us the bike. Blazer's absolutely right. I mean, the thing needs tires, fork seals, brake rebuilds. Well, you found you found things in the carburetor too. Fuel right? systems, listen, junk. Listen, yeah. listen, listen, listen. Just put some fucking air in the tires. You'll be fine. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> okay. you know what I'm saying that, that, it's got another <laughs> cylinder. You're good to go. Okay. Hey. All told, how many hours would you think you'd have to put into it, and uh, how much do you think you could sell it for? I don't know. We'll, we'll we'll keep updating as we go. Yeah. It's just the the saga. And there's yeah, no such yeah. thing as free. Well, this but, is like the XL175 that you had, right? It's like the well, SV I, now or pumpkin. Yeah, I heard Liza tried How to pedal dare you. <laughs> <laughs> but I wanted to get to our topic tonight because um, we have a guest on the phone who's going to be talking. Um, there was just real quick recap. There was a New York Times article that came out this week that about supermotos and the bike life culture. And um, 
we'll, we'll, we're going to talk about that. But also because of that, there's this uh, talk radio host uh, named Carell. He's got this, he's really kind of like progressive. He's a biker too, and he wanted to talk about this, and he had me on his show. And he's on uh, KFI down in Los Angeles and KGO up up here, and wow. as well as worldwide. And he's got he's on TV. He's everywhere, but. I, I thought it was really cool. He wanted to talk about it. Carell, are you with us right now? I am with you. Hey. Oh, my hey. God. Hey. Like, like I can't believe it. Carell, it's like, it's like a seance. Carell, are you with us? Tap the table once. <laughs> <laughs> just, just for the record, I was on KFI and KGO. Now I'm on my own Carell cast every day. And Congratulations. Not, owned, not awesome. owned by two companies about to go bankrupt, Cumulus and, and iHeartMedia. Nice. Uh, so, so we'll be able to buy KGO very soon and very cheap. Sweet. Nice. on the dollar. So, um, Carell, I wanted to ask you what, what piqued your interest in this topic? Okay, y'all are going to faint because it's like the gayest story ever in the world. Uh, we love those. Which, which is why it's mine. Uh, about, a dec- uh, about a decade ago when Bush Jr. was, uh, when Shrub was president and gas was very high, uh, I was on my way to the vet with my dog and uh, it was an emergency. And we were going down this one street and we got broadsided. Ooh, uh, and. I was so focused that I drove a total vehicle to the vet just so I could get her there. Well, my friend had sent me a photo of a bike called the Pagio MP3. Yep. And this is a really cool bike with two wheels in front and one one oh, yeah. in back. And I'd been I go to I'm very blessed to have been to Europe many times and I'd seen them there. And I said, you know, I'm gay enough to ride that. And <laughs> when they when you know when they uh, totaled my car uh, for $6,800, and I found out that Vespa of San Francisco was the only one in the state, the only MP3 in the state, uh, I had them package it up. I, um, because I am in media, I called the Motorcycle Safety Foundation, and we did a whole segment and filmed a whole thing of me going through, because I am not the person you would think would be going motorcycling. It and sounded like destiny. And But for years, I was afraid of motorcycle culture, because... In my community, it's used sort of as a fetish, which for me, it's transportation. I don't want to screw my motorcycle. So, <laughs> uh, and you know, and, and the gear that we wear on the motorcycle to me isn't sexy, it's heavy. Right. Uh, and, you know, and so uh, to me, that didn't make sense. So that was my only exposure. And then I had the stereotype of what a quote biker was. Uh, which I'm, which I'm so glad has been completely blown to shit, and uh, and now you know you're driving down the street on your bike, and you just wave to each other, and you don't know who's under the helmet. You just you're a biker, uh, so it's been very very cool. And I go to some of the butchest places in the world, and I have more tattoos than the people there, so it's it's all good. Uh, but I got on the MP3 250, and I dove into motorcycling. I took the safety course. I think everybody should. Uh, then they sent me, because I, I do write for HuffPost as well, and, you know, I'm on the radio and crap. So then they sent me a 500 of the same thing, and then they oh. sent me its big brother, an Aprilia Mana 850. Oh, wow. Uh, wow. But, we, but we did it in stages. I was on a 250 for probably six to eight months, and then I went up to a 500, and then Manny, because, of course, I named my motorcycle. It's very um, European. Right, and then Manny, I went up to uh, the 850, and it just makes sense to me, transportation-wise, in San Francisco, Los Angeles, and other cities, it makes no sense to me to use these enormously ignorant things called automobiles that do nothing but open up your wallet <laughs> to, the, 
to the oil companies. They're so stupid they can't even park themselves. They run people over. I mean, people don't want to be driving them anyway. They want to be texting and, you know, doing, putting on their mascara, whatever they want to be doing, texting because they're so damn important they can't wait 20 minutes to get someplace. Right. Uh, so, you know, because of all of this, I just thought motorcycling makes sense. And, and now if I weren't a biker, I would kill people because driving in L.A., you know. It's a pain in the ass. Oh, yeah. my God. If I couldn't split track. Oh, and, you know, people fuck with me. I know it's a podcast. Sorry, I swear. No, no, please uh, do. But, you know, but, you know, I do inappropriate bike things. Like, if you're going to almost kill me, I'm going to break your mirror. You, know? <laughs> <laughs> you and I are having issues. And, yes, I have gotten off my bike and got in people's faces, you know, when they've come by and hit my bike with their mirrors or whatever, because they're trying to turn right and they just can't, you know, wait five seconds. So, right. uh, but that being said, I, I'm all about the safety. I go about the country doing uh, the Motorcycle Industry Council has me go and talk about safety and, you know, taking the classes. Uh, my back injury has made it, so I've moved to cruisers and the wider seats and sort of the supermotos. I've, I've sort of left my supermoto days behind, and now I'm more on the cruisers and the Indians and the victories and, the, you know, the bigger bikes. And I still have my, my Paggio. My God, uh, Gio is 10 years old now. Uh, and, and now Paggio is making another three-wheeler, uh, and they're only making it 500 in this country. And it's got the body of the 250, but the engine of the 500, nice. which is amazing that I would know the difference. Uh, <laughs> and and the fact and the fact that I want one, you know, and that I get a little woody about it makes me even weirder. But, you know, I always say I must have become a lesbian because suddenly I'm a dyke on a bike. I'm just, you know, <laughs> I'm just about it. Uh, but to me, it remains transportation. As much as I love it, and culture is so much fun. The people are so accepting. Uh, we go to Blacksmith's Corner down here, you know, just for a ride. You go through the canyon, you to the Blacksmith's Corner. Up north, you go to the Rock Store out in, off of Mulholland. Uh, and then all your super motards, you all go beyond the Rock Store and cut up that hill uh, all the way up to uh, out in Malibu uh, where, you you know, you come out and you're right there in Malibu and in Ventura at Captain Jack's. And you have seafood at Captain Jack's. And there's all these great places that if you're a biker, you know of and you go and you you know, meet new people and you talk bikes. And it's, it's been a great decade, I have to say. I really wish my late husband, Andrew, had lived to see it uh, because uh, he wouldn't believe it. He just wouldn't believe that I'm, I'm out there doing this. It's, it's very not me. So uh, let me ask you something. The, the topic that we were discussing on your show has to do with bike life. So yeah, we're talking about it's this trend that has come. I, I believe it started back east. Um, I've seen from Baltimore, possibly New York, where um, definitely New York. Where they, yeah, New York for sure. These young guys take dirt bikes with no gear and go out and do wheelies and taunt the cops and try and run from them. Four wheelers and stuff like that. Too. Right. Which you know, first of all, if you want to get on a dirt bike and go do wheelies and and have no gear on, there are plenty of wide open spaces and I ain't your mama. Yeah. Um, it's yeah. stupid. And that's you well know, said. But, and, you know, and, and, and shine up to be an organ donor first, please. Right. Exactly. Exactly. Right. You know, I, I'm not you know, it's stupid. It's dumb. I would I would certainly not let anyone I love go do it. But if your friends don't love you enough and they're going to let you go do that, you go do it. But you don't go do it on, you know, I'm from L.A. So we say the 101. Uh, right. But, you know, you don't you don't go do it on, you know, a freeway. You don't go do it on a surface street because we already have a negative. Every single one of us carries the negative weight of biking that every single driver of a car has. They already right. think we're assholes. 
you know, they think everyone on a bike is an asshole. They Especially just do. not. And, yeah. Right. And, you know, and we're not, but they think we are. And right. so every single one of us already has people behind the wheel of these 4,000 pound death machines that probably think that we, they don't like us. Yeah. And they're certainly not looking out for us. So we don't need to give them any reason to be even more pissed with us. Yeah, uh, and true. this kind of behavior does that, and it affects all of us. It doesn't just affect you. Go, if you want to be an asshole, there's plenty of places to go do it. Try Congress. Uh, <laughs> you, you certainly don't need to be doing it, you know, on a bridge somewhere. True. <laughs> true, true. Um, so not to be hypocritical, but this is something that myself and and some of the people in this room have participated in. Is is mm -hmm. We call them hooligan rides. I like to watch. Um we we think that there's a difference that there's a line in that um a that we are paying our taxes and our insurance and our registration um, well what is a hooligan ride explain it to me um hooligan ride uh breaking so, the law so i i will say that there honey is... for years the sex i had broke the law and in some states it's still mine <laughs> yeah. uh, i so, guess you know, and, that would be considered and, a hooligan right Carell, Carell, you were a hooligan and didn't even know it and didn't even know it and the stuff i'm about to vaporize broke the law up until you know last week <laughs> uh, all so, right so you know. hey 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 <laughs> so cat, weed every right. day cat can you explain what a hooligan right is a hooligan ride is a ride that you go out and do all of the things, the naughty, naughty things that you want to do all year round, but you bottle it up because you want to be a good, good law-abiding citizen. But where do you do this? Do you do this in the middle of a traffic jam or on a Friday night on, you know, the Embarcadero? Or do you, do you go do this in some space where there's not a lot of other people and you're just going to go, go to the neighborhood? There's, uh, there's a, there's the a mix. Um, it, it usually takes place during a responsible amount of, like, a time during the day. Yeah. Um, so it, uh, with least amount of external impact as possible because the, the goal is to not get caught yeah. doing all these things that you've always wanted to do. So... During a, a, a less populated time of day is always ideal, but that that's the point of the hooligan ride. All right, so full disclosure, we're not saying who, when, or where this is organized, but there is a yearly ride here in Santa Cruz where we are. It's like the purge. No, 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 no. You're not talking about the naked ride, are we? No, no, no. <laughs> no that's it is. It is really like legal. the purge, though. It, it's like the purge where we go out and we kind of. Uh, rip through streets and intersections and parks and pedestrian overpasses and bike paths and all the fun things that you want to do should. every time so, you see and you hold back because you're a good person. So that's why I, I, I full disclosure, I'm standing on this side it's of the line. I, I never, I never really, I never want to do that because no, no. for me, again, I, when you say all the things you want to do, if I want to go really fast, I'll go to a track. You know, I'll, I'll go ride Ducatis that are made to go 200 miles. When I went to Ireland, we broke the law. My God, you leave Dublin and you're in the middle of Ireland and there's a road and nobody and you're on a BMW and it'll go. The, the speedometer goes up to 280 kilometers and you're thinking, <laughs> hmm. Uh, and suddenly you're doing 160 of those kilometers and you're thinking this ain't bad. <laughs> and, you know, and, and you maintain that, you know, for an hour. 
Yes, of course I've broken the law when it comes to having a fun time on a motorcycle. I feel like this uh, conversation is more of like a time and place kind of a thing. You right, know? but I mean, I've like, never done it where somebody is going to be frightened, scared, or think I'm an asshole because of it, because why would I want to? Well, this is exactly my point, um, because this is a trend that's happening. We've got these, the bike life guys in, in every major city um, that where we stand, us people who are, um, you know, have have jobs and have are paying uh, for our bikes, paying insurance, and if the cops do light us up, we'll stop and pay the price for for being the stupid sure. things we're doing. So I'm standing on my side of the line, pointing at these kids on dirt bikes and going, "Well, yeah, what they're doing is bad," but I can easily see that you're standing on the side of your line, pointing at me and going yeah but what you're doing is bad so- i'm not saying it's bad I'm, I'm you know what i don't make judgments about right or wrong i've been judged my entire life so i'm certainly not going to sit here and judge someone else mm-hmm. i'm certainly saying we have an end game here yeah and yeah. that's why that's why in the politics i don't talk about the minutiae of trump your head would explode <laughs> it's like you know what's the end game is he going to be impeached do we want a president pence if we don't and they both go do we want a president ryan you know i mean who's the secretary of the interior let's be, talk to him uh, you know, so we don't. I wanted the end game, and the end game for me for motorcycling in this country is for it to be as respected, as thought of when they make legislation, uh, as funded, and as when city planners are planning cities. I want it to be as accessible to young people, especially, right. uh, and to people under the age of thirty who need an affordable form of transportation that is also a shitload of fun. Uh, and I want them to not frown upon it when thinking about a motorcycle. Well, like, my, my question is, would it be as cool if it's like straight and narrow? You know what I mean? Like, part, part but it's the, not, uh, by nature of riding, it is not, you know, straight and right. narrow. I mean, it's like your car. Many people don't think their cars are straight and narrow. You right. Know, they, these guys spend a fortune extending their penises. They're like Ducati riders, you know. Thank you for that. Well, so well, I, why? It's a racing bike. What are you going to do with it on the freeway of Los Angeles? I'm sorry, it's a little, you know. I'm, I'm I, sorry. There's I, nothing I, under the helmet. So I would like to say, though, the reason that I've drawn the line where I've drawn it for me is because we have one day a year well, let where me we ask do you, this. Are you safe when you're doing it? Are you putting yourself or others in danger, or Generally, are you no. only putting yourself in danger? Just mostly ourselves. Yeah, just okay. our, those of if us who are riding together. If you're only putting yourself in danger, if you're not going to hurt anybody else in this, then I'm not going to tell you not to do it. Yeah. We all like to have fun. Like, like politically, way. it's a very libertarian kind of a thing. If you want to, you know, yeah. put right. it that way. It's just it's just that in cities like Santa Cruz and San Francisco, which do try to embrace motorcycling. Um, we want to make sure that we give that biking maintains a positive image. Yeah, it's right. always going to have the bad boy image in this country. Always yep, in but, Europe, uh, it doesn't really have that, as you know. And you know, people in Indonesia, they're riding families of four on scooters that are one twenty five cc's. But you yeah, know, so it's less. like the, around the world, motorcycling is a very different animal than it is here. But what I'd like to point out, since we have somebody here in the room who's been around a long time. And I've seen it all. I have. Miss Emma, is this hooligan riding a new thing? No. Yeah. <laughs> no, I can, I can tell you that. No. I mean, people, people I mean, break, breaking the law, having fun. No, it's not new, of course. Or I can only go back to the start of my motorcycling career, which was in the 70s. And from the inception, I've, I've been involved in hooligan rides. And 
You know, I'm I'm kind of with you on this. I mean, every single person in this room has got a right to complete make a complete ass of themselves. And basically, if they want to put themselves in danger, yes, we all have a right to do that. But when it involves other people, that's when I draw the line. Mm-hmm. Right. That's that's. And the problem in the article, and let's go back to the article, because yeah. we're talking about dirt bike riders coming up on people and stop traffic or actually stopping traffic, swarming vehicles that are that have uh, passengers in them and swarming the cars and encasing the car. This terrifies the people inside yeah, the vehicle. It yeah. just terrifies them. And there's no need for that. There's just well, no need for that. Well, the thing is, though, right? So so here's here's what it sounds like to me is that, you know, you got like Newsweek isn't doing the report on all the great shit that bikes are doing, all the records. That no people one are does. Breaking. The mainstream, look, I'm like, in they're, mainstream they're, media, yeah. but. You go on YouTube, you're, you're seeing like crash bikes and, and bikes right. doing stupid shit. You're not seeing like these cool exposés on like these great bikers doing all this stuff, breaking records, you know, doing fuel we challenges. We try that. Look, we try. Look, the yeah. Moto Council, so, the, let me tell you the biggest biking problem is that bikers, the bike industry, this is an industry problem. They only service and care about the biking industry when they're using their press money, when they're doing their press buys, when they're doing their promotions. It's with Cycle World. It's with this. It's with that. They're not doing a lot of mainstream media. They don't bring their bikes on Good Morning America. They don't give these people reasons to cover motorcycling. On my TV show, Corel Life and Segments, every week on Free Speech TV, which is a political station, uh, every other week or so, I do a thing called Pop Moto TV. And it really is just about my life with biking. And I do it to show people who don't motorcycle all this stuff that we're talking about, about motorcycling and about how really cool it is. And... You know, Gavin Newsom, who's a friend of mine, I told him he shouldn't be governor until he rides a motorcycle from San Diego to San Francisco Fucking on the right. run. I nice. said, you know, right. because you are going to experience. I did an article for the Huff Post called 166 Miles of Change. And it's I left my house here in Long Beach, did the long route down to Orange County, went up through Palos Verdes, up around L.A., Malibu, in through Griffith Park Observatory in Griffith Park, down through West Hollywood and then back home all in one day with my friend Niall, a motorcyclist. I was testing out a new bike. Met marvelous people all along the way, talked marvelous things and wrote all about it. And awesome. I don't think you should govern the state until you do something like that. Right. So, so That's awesome. I-, I wanted to ask you, though, since you're down in L.A., we know that we've seen it up here, not just with the bike life, but in the supermoto community or uh-huh. the sport bike community. By the community. way, that's my co-host. That's my co-host, Denver. <laughs> Hi, Denver. <laughs> She's a, um, she's a wonder. And, and and that was part of the article was talking about. There are these groups on supermotos who are going yeah. out and jumping streets and yeah. stuff, which yeah. that's why my point was to the to the public. They may not be able to tell the difference. One is responsible in having fun and one is irresponsible in having fun. Right. Where but it seems like your purpose is to make mayhem. Is, is this but. happening down in L.A.? Oh, Either? yeah. we ha- Oh, my God. Yeah. We had this huge things twice in the last year where hundreds of bikers uh, shut down freeways, did wheelies, did did this whole thing. And, you know, I didn't, and then I was in a car myself and we had at least 70 to 100 of them come up on us and uh, swarm our whole area of traffic and drive extraordinarily irresponsibly and slap people's hoods and just do things they really didn't need to be doing. They were all on supermoto, quite frankly. And, you know, oh, it's young, it's testosterone, um, we work a lot at the Motorcycle Council. They're, they are friends of mine there, as I said. And they work a lot with the military because a lot of these guys come back and a bike 
it channels that energy somehow. Yeah. And so they get on these bikes and they feel invincible again. And unfortunately, one of the high, the, one of the highest deaths in the Marine Corps is from motorcycle accidents. Wow. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. No, this is an unknown statistic that yeah. a lot of a lot of uh, m- military people, particularly Marines. So now it's mandatory if you are active military in many bases that you have to take an NSF course. Right, you must yeah. take a motorcycle safety I've, training course. I've heard that before too. Yeah. And, you know, as yeah. a matter of fact, Donal, who's up at the uh, Naval Language Institute in Monterey, that he just had to do the MSF two class in order yeah. to ride his bike on base. But, but this yeah. is nothing new. Um, if you study history, the whole chopper movement, which, if you like, is the inception of the biker movement. Mm-hmm. Because the two are inextricably linked, yeah, was right. born out of the GIs coming home after the Second World War in the 40s with a pocket full of money. They'd been at war for a few years. They needed excitement. So Isn't they it all funny bought, how war they... has created such change in biking? We After Vietnam, the Hells Angels were created. Right. By, by a group of Hells Angels, um, you know, uh, brothers who wanted a, another outlet to stay together. Uh, and they created the Hells Angels. So it's amazing that World War II led to the chopper movement, uh, and Vietnam led to the Hells Angels. It's amazing how wars uh, have have social impacts in biking. That's very interesting. One of the one of the things that is uh, broadsided me, I guess, by this whole recent movement of asshole supermotos, basically, is these kids. <laughs> Most of them are kids. Are oh, they're all kids coming all kids. from most mostly impoverished areas where this is their this is their babysitter. This is what they go out to do after school because they don't right. they don't have family or they their family's busy working or whatever's going on. They don't have a community basis that's helping them, and they find community. And it's affordable. It's, and, you know, it's it, it's you can have. A much nicer motorcycle than you can car for five thousand dollars, or you can steal so, one. And or you can steal one of one. the so one true. of the things that has shocked me by this, specifically these bikers who choose to surround like two ton death machines and try to intimidate them. That doesn't make sense to me at all. But these kids are surrounding people in cars that these parents have kids in their cars. They, right. Like there, there was a, a story like two years ago about this dad plowing through a group of bikers that had surrounded in his New car. York. It was a really yeah. sad. Yeah. I followed. Yeah. I followed all the defendants. I followed the case on yeah. my show. It was a sad case all around. It was. I have it was horrific. Say. Yeah. And, and but the most horrific part of that whole thing was it didn't have to happen. Now, no. a they did have, and I don't mean to fault the dad, but they did have a little bit of anger. The dad did do something bad in the truck to a bike. Yeah. Uh, and, and they had a little bit of reason to be mad. Mm-hmm. You track him down, you get his license plate, you call the cops, you hold him at the scene, whatever. You don't terrify his family and no. his kids. So, yeah. you know, when all that testosterone is raging, people make that. Look, I watch procedural television. I just finished 10 seasons of CSI Miami. <laughs> uh, kind of an expert. I, I, no, I'm not Law and Order SVU, 18 seasons. I can tell you if you are a victim of sexual assault. <laughs> I will know. Uh, but, but, I will, but, but what I'm saying is it's in every storyline where you will find where normal, regular, rational people who wouldn't make these kinds of mistakes in the heat of the moment uh, end up doing something really stupid. And the New York thing was a group of people who were already out doing sort of a hooligan ride, so they're already amped up, 
somebody did something they didn't like and then it just got way too amped up and they did something very stupid. One of, uh, one of the things that I want to point out in going through this is the the people who surround the cars that bang on the hoods that kick mirrors off that are blocking whole freeways doing stunts uh, there is there is a a large gap between those people and the people who are jumping secluded roads or going oh, out yeah. and having fun and the thing is is the general populace doesn't well, see there's that a 10 percent rule well see here's the problem i have a 10 percent rule which it depends on profession now goes up to almost 50 percent 70 if it's politics but that is 10 percent of any group of people is an asshole just any group of people doctors mm -hmm. lawyers whatever you're going to encounter bad ones in every single profession mm -hmm. every single everywhere because about 10 percent of people in most cases are assholes uh and, and it, it varies i used to think it was 10 percent of cops i really do believe it's gone up to about 40 percent and that's a shame that's a whole nother topic but uh but you know 10 to 20 percent this is our 10 to 20 percent these are our vampire stats these are our bratty little stepchildren <laughs> these these are the unruly people who are a member of our community who will grow out of it if they live through it uh, and and if they're 40, would never think about doing it again. Yeah. Or they're so stupid, they're going to do the Darwin and die uh, and take them out and from being a bother from society anyway, because it really is a dangerous thing to do, uh, you know, when you're mixing those two things, cars and motorcycles, and you're, and you're mixing them at higher speeds or, you know, doing tricks or whatever around the two. It's not a good thing, like cars and pedestrians, they don't mix. So, you know, I... I think they'll grow out of it. There are bratty stepchildren, and I think you're right. The public only hears those stories. But good news doesn't make for good TV. Yeah. You exactly. know, I mean, exactly. you know, I had to fight for legislation a few years back. They were offering a rebate to get rid of your junker car. <clears throat> and if they were going to give you up to three or $5,000. I think it was under George Bush. It was to stimulate the auto industry. Cash for clunkers. Yes. Yep. Do you remember they were going to? Oh, well, yeah, yeah. they did not include buying a motorcycle in the legislation. So mm -hmm. when we saw a rough draft of the legislation, um, you know, I did a story about it. I called the Motorcycle Council. I said, what are you guys doing? They had their Washington Bureau lobbyist on it. And they lobbied Congress so they would put motorcycles into that legislation so they were an alternative for people who were turning in these vehicles. They could actually buy a motorcycle and, and not just buy a car. Okay. Thank you for that, by the way. Yeah. You know, what, so I, well, I didn't, do, I mean, I'm not, I didn't pay the lobbyists. The motorcycle right. council did. But well, just I mean, your time about that. it. And, then, you know, and I was like, why aren't you? And I was calling, you know, Congress people and calling senators and saying, we want motorcycles included in this bill, please. Um, but we ha and that's what we have to start doing is getting motorcycling included as a national form of transportation. And it's, it's easier on the infrastructure. It's less gas. It's less insurance. You guys know all the benefits. Yeah. Uh, 20 minutes on a motorcycle equates to almost 40 minutes of yoga when it comes to mental uh, relaxation, according to tests that have just been done. Uh, it is completely safe if you do it well. It, you know, if you gear up every time, if you don't, even if you're going to the freaking grocery store, you put your helmet on, you put your jacket on, you put shoes that cover your ankles on, you put some sort of pants on. You know, you're not out there in shorts and tennis shoes. I always see those people and just think you've never slid on the pavement. 
Mm-hmm. Because once I've slid on the pavement, because we know there are two types of motorcyclists, those who have gone down and those who will go down again. And, <laughs> you know, I have slid 20, 30 feet. And trust me, once you do that, you want a nice pants on. You do. You want, <laughs> you, you want a full helmet. You want, that you know, because it true. ain't pretty. Yeah, road burning pretty. It's not attractive. Uh, I did not look good with watermelon knees and legs. Mm-hmm. It looked like you had grated them with a cheese grater. It was mm-hmm. just not a good look for me. So, Carol, I, uh, I have a question for you. Yeah. I value your opinion. Oh. <laughs> that was the <laughs> so, question. <laughs> trying yeah. to establish where this line sh- should be drawn. If if some no, of us No, she said it she said it perfectly. I think she summed it up perfectly. You can do whatever you want to yourself, with yourself, for yourself, by yourself, to yourself. You can do it but when when it invent when the minute you involve someone else in it then there are a set of rules that apply. Period. So if uh, some of us are going to go on a hooligan ride, but mm-hmm. and we're fully geared, our bikes are registered and insured, right. if we are apologetic to the people on the sidewalks that we're passing, if as we're going through the parks, <laughs> we promise not to destroy any of the grass, and if, if, if we... And if we promise to pull yeah, over... Yeah, I'm going to stop this shit, and that's fine. There's we, a big difference between what you guys do and what the New York Times story was calling out. There's a big difference between that. And right. I want people listening to this to even understand that. A hooligan ride is just that. And look, there's a little hooligan in all of us, and I have to pay nowadays for that. But, uh, you know, that's <laughs> fine. Uh, what's a couple hundred so, bucks? Uh, but, 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 you know, but there's a big difference between that and swarming cars or mm-hmm. doing tricks around vehicles in the middle of intersections during a red light. You know, and you're out there on your dirt bike. Yeah, I don't think we're, at, we're we're not trying to intimidate anybody. Oh, you know no. what I mean? Right. That's the so, yeah, we're you, not trying to like make big, smoke you, and scare anyone. It's even just though like, you guys you know. don't acknowledge it, you're being respectful in your disrespect. You right. know, yeah. <laughs> you are. You're being respectful in your disrespect. I did. You're I, crossing. You I, know. Last time when we were going over the pedestrian walkway, I was apologizing to the pedestrians. Oh my god! Days. I go up on <laughs> sidewalks <laughs> all the time. Screw that! If traffic is backed up like a half a mile and the stoplight's a half mile away and the only way for me to get around these cars is to go up on a crosswalk for a block or two move your ass over you're sharing <laughs> okay because nice. just be- because just stop me ain't no cop gonna get through that traffic he's gonna be stuck in his car yeah well, you know so no i'm, I'm glad no. so so we have your blessing if we promise to do this one day a year you know what? Just be just be respectful in your disrespect. That's all you have to be. That's you know? what, that I agree with that, and and that's why I don't want to be hypocritical because we do go out there and do these things. Well, I you know I'm never, I never. That's why I wish I could never run for office. I can't condemn anyone for a damn thing because I've done it all. Yeah. <laughs> well, but let, but let, let me ask you this, Carell. Have you ridden naked through downtown oh, Santa Cruz yet? Well, then come oh, down next time for a naked ride. Though. You can join the. I film. have. I've ridden. No one wanted to see it. You know, I had a sex tape out, but the only network that bid on it was National Geographic, and that was bad. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, not not good. So, uh, but yeah, oh God, I, and I I took off my helmet once. I felt like I was I felt like I was so breaking the law. Yeah. But I, I I gave it to my. In all fairness, it was because someone had broken down, and I needed to get them off of the freeway to. And I gave them my helmet. And I rode without the helmet off the freeway. Oh my God! I felt like I can't even tell you what I felt. It was it's like, like pretty oh, awesome, like, huh? Not wearing your seatbelt oh, in a car. Listen, it feels wrong. Yes, this, I was like, oh my God! Is anyone watching? I'm so breaking the law. Well, here's, here's the thing: is I, I I'm pretty sure, like if you if you around people who wear gear and they're always pushing gear on you and you wear gear all the time, like I know. 
for myself the few times where I'm like, say I forgot my gloves or like I'm, you know, oh, a yeah, little underdressed. I, I totally am yeah. thinking, I'm thinking yep. to myself, I'm like, I hope another biker doesn't see me. They're going to be like, what yep. are you doing? That's exa- oh, that's <laughs> and then I have this like, it's insecurity about my lack of gear because I'm like, eh, you know, and I'm thinking about well, that Well, remember the whole time. that I'm gay, so I go even further. Like I'll only wear the Denezi or the Alpine Stars jacket <laughs> on the Mana, but I would never wear the Indian jacket on there because it's not an Indian jacket. Yeah. <laughs> but I mean, you know, I'm just so- saying like the guys who are running around in the shorts and the, I mean, I, oh, I feel like they, they might have started fallen. out that They're way. They're idiots. Yeah, they've they, never fallen. You know, the minute the minute they go down and they they see that all that gear is not there for fashion, it is there for protection only. Right. And when, the, when it, you know, they might wear gear after riding for a year and be like, "This is so uncomfortable. How do you do this?" And, and that's kind of like, and it's like person who wears gear all the time and doesn't the first time is like, "Yeah, fuck this." I don't well, think it's uncomfortable well, at all. I, I I don't know about you guys, but I can fall asleep in my full gear, right, not on the bike. I was just. But, yeah, I was just gonna say if if your gear doesn't isn't comfortable, then you've got bad gear. You no, I'm need talking to about something that's gonna fit gear. well. I'm talking about the guy who's like never wears gear, and then after a year, you put him in a bunch of gear, and he's feeling like like because he's not used to exactly. it. Yeah, the, sure. Yeah. But right. but for me, well, you're defining marriage, honey. Get used to it. There are boundaries now. Yeah. You know? yeah. one, one minute you have them, and one minute you don't. It's called marriage. Get over it. Well, <laughs> I know? appreciate that you called in, and I I feel better having your blessing. Yeah, thank and, you. And thank you. It was, a, it was a huge compliment to come on your show. And if people want to uh, to listen to your show or see your TV, because you are highly entertaining, I have to say, <laughs> uh, they're going to go to yeah, reallycorel.com. There's an app for me. It's free, both Android and uh, iPhone. Uh, and then the website, reallycorel.com, it links over to the TV show, which is on Life in Segments. It's on every week on Free Speech TV, which is seen on every cable provider. Uh, we're going to enter season four, and we start filming. We start filming Thursday. Holy crap! Wow. Uh, so yeah, so we season four, and uh, yeah, I have a new single coming out, "Stronger Together." Me and my friend Thea Austin from Snap, who does rhythm as a dancer, and so many other songs that she had number one singles. We're you we're are doing on a it, sister. So we're just having look. You know what? I am fifty-four years old. I don't have that much time left. So you just got to do it all now. Oh you know, because, damn me! You know, as a <laughs> as a biker, I I realize, and I think you all realize this too. You know, when every time we leave, because two thirds of all motorcycle accidents are caused by the vehicles. Not only one third are, are we responsible for. Um, every time we leave, there's a two third risk that someone's going to mess with us. And every one of you, every time you leave has that little adrenaline rush in your heart because someone does something and, and you have to swerve to avoid them or something happens every time you're on your bike that makes your heart do that little adrenaline rush. Yeah. And it's because of that that I take nothing for granted. And uh, I think motorcycling has been the greatest gift in that department that you just, you know, you've got right now, you enjoy right now, you be as safe as you can right now. Uh, but you remember that you're a living being and that you're just sort of out in the world and what happens happens. So make the best of it while you're out there. And awesome. I think one of the best ways is to do it on a motorcycle. I really do. Well, thank you very much for inviting me on your show and for coming. No worries. Ours. Come back. Anytime there's motorcycles in the news, come on back. Will do. All right. All right thanks, thanks again. everyone. Thanks, thanks. Thank you. Thank you. Later. Appreciate all the work you're doing. You're awesome. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> all right. Bye. bye. Cool. So that was really cool. That so was rad. I, I feel cool. I feel like well maybe I'll go on the hooligan ride now because you know there is a line. Yeah, be respectful yeah. and your disrespect. And, yeah, and but the the point is we're all very very different and we have to set our own lines. I'm not gonna go on the hooligan ride because it's just. You know, at my stage in life, and I don't want to sound like the little old lady, right. it's just a little beyond where I want to be at my stage in life. Mm-hmm. And that's okay, too. 
Yeah, one of the things that I learned earlier was like uh, motorcycling is one of the most uh, it's 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 a form of like a, it's a test of your personal responsibility and how you're able to you know gauge it. Right. So yeah. Well, so all right. Now that we've established where that line is, I have another topic I want to discuss that we I would like to establish where the line is on this. If it's anything to do with my Pacific Coast, I, I am not getting involved in that. <laughs> you're so totally getting involved in it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, you're a racket. It's not a racket. Uh, okay. You know what? I kept telling her the okay. same thing, too. I got it's, my it's explanation. It's a paddle, for... not a racket. I, yeah. <laughs> I understand. So here's the deal. Emma, I know you'll squawk in if I have the facts wrong, but let me just lay this out. So Emma has a new-to-her PC-800, and she got a smoking deal on it. So I asked her how she came to get this deal of $300 for PC-800 wow. that she had was out riding deal. last week, but it's got some issues. It's not perfect. Oh, Understandable. Right. Far from perfect. Yes. So I guess the story is that a guy got it for 500 bucks right. uh, at a sale. He's He doesn't know how to work on bikes or anything. He just thought it was a deal. Right. And thought, uh, saw the opportunity, bought this bike for 500 bucks. Right. Brings it into the shop. Right. And says, I want you to do a go through and make sure everything's good on it. That right. kind of routine. Okay. So, as a mechanic, it's your responsibility to make sure that that bike is going to be tip top for them when they leave, right? And that's the key question. I, well, no. We, there, there are no. No, no, I understand. I mean, yeah, I'm, no, I'm, I, I'm building it's your defense my, for you. It's my job above all else as a mechanic to keep my customers safe. Yeah. That, well, that's priority number so, one. All right. So True. above what, even the cost. So what happens is. Yes. You come up with an estimate for him. Well, OK. And to be fair, it's a long list. Yes, yes, yes. It's an old bike. Of course. It's an old bike. It's an extremely long list. And the potential bill was pushing two thousand bucks. All yeah. right. So it's not if, bad. Well, so if I was in that position, and those I, are our labor and rates. I, yeah, based on labor I, rates. Um, at the moment, we're at ninety-five an hour, which is actually a smoking really deal cheap. for a bike yeah, shop. It is. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And and I'll say I've been in this position too back in my twenties. So he, he you say quote him two thousand dollars, and yes. he's like, whoa. He's he's whoa. like you know. What's the Kelly on it? Yeah, and the Kelly on it was about two thousand bucks, and he said, "Really, well, Jesus? Yeah, eight hundred? Wow, yeah, dear. it's not that high." Yeah. Um, well, I thought it was. Uh, I thought it'd be a lot less. Right. Yeah. So yeah. this is going to be. He's going to be underwater on this. So you make him an offer. I said basically. I said, "Look, you're into it for two hours because I'd had it on my bench for two hours. I went over it front to back." I said, I'll make the two hours go away, and I'll give you 300 bucks. So basically, you're into it 500 bucks, which is what you paid. Mm -hmm. um, the reality is he lost 200 bucks because he paid 500, yeah. and I only gave him three. But the reality was if he'd have taken the bike back, he'd have had to have paid well, it's 190 right. bucks, so, so he would have lost it anyway. Yeah. So now you're like 300 bucks. You've got a bike okay. that you can fix and ride. Oh. You get a deal. So, but my question is, is this a racket? It depends on your point of view. <laughs> no. Now, here's here's the compromises. Here's the compromises oh. I can make, and I'll I'll list a couple of them. 
the first compromise is at the shop we have to put the exact correct size tires on it yeah and they're one size only tires because they fit a PC800 and that's all they fit. Really? The only, oh, wow. They respect uh, right. that with specifically PC800 tires? They're specific Dunlop K555. Oh, that's crazy. They only fit PC800s. They're hellaciously <laughs> expensive. Wow. Yeah. Because it's my bike, I can put tires, yeah, that's going to fit in there. And the aspect ratio is wrong and maybe this is, but yeah. I can get. You can deal with what you put I on I can there. deal with yeah. what I put on. The brakes are completely out. Well, guess what? I've got a set of brake lines from a bandit sitting under my bench. Ooh, a bandit! Yeah. Um, and, you know, with a bit of messing around, guess what? They're going to fit. Right. The brake pads were out. Well, I said to one... you buy OEM shit for him. Yeah. Yeah. But I got a set of free brake pads from the local rep who said, look... This is a new line of brake pads. They're dust-free. Do you want to try some out? I said, I will if they're free. So mm-hmm. I got free brake pads. The bike's peeing oil everywhere. Ooh. Really? I mean, it's seriously. We're not talking about an oil leak. It's mostly throwing oil out. Where's it wow. coming from? Everywhere. Really? Ooh. The problem with PC800s is in order to make it as quiet and smooth as possible, they enclose the engine not only in bodywork. Mm-hmm. When you get all the bodywork out, this thick fiberglass sheathing hmm. with foil on the inside surrounding the engine. That's wow. interesting. The heat generation in there is tremendous. Oh, and so anything rubber in the engine is baked. Oh, um, man. All the O-rings on the top end I took out, and they just cr- they're rock hard. Yeah. There's plugs in the end of the camshaft, rock hard. So, you know, I've kind of got it so it's not peeing out. It's leaking about as much as an average British bike, which is okay for me. I had to go through the carburation. I had to do this. I had to was do that. Was that a, a pretty uh, clogged up too? The carbs. Oh, the carbs. It sat complete, for a while, right? Completely plugged. Oh shit! It, it idled okay, but as soon as you got on the throttle, you Off had a idle. big, big bunch of nothing. Yeah, yeah. Um, so it's not like I rode it to the quail, and you know I was getting on it. But you don't know how scary that bike was to actually be on. I mean, the tires were concrete. It had no braking to speak of. The carburation was all over the place. Yeah. It's just, Liza, I'm an extremely skilled rider, and I made it look so easy, darling. You look like poetry in motion. <laughs> thank I you. I do agree, yes. No, thank you, darling. I could follow you all day, Emma. Oh, thank you. You just like looking at my It's really just Get that a room. No. Get a room, you two. No, having, Get a fucking room. Having Emma no, ride your bike public. is a seminal moment in a rider's life. Oh, thank you, darling. <laughs> so when Liza seminal. approached me with this... Uh, with this topic today, uh, Doug and I were actually standing right next to each other and we blurted out opposite answers. <laughs> um, but uh, I, I thought it's, it's, it's a little bit of a racket. Um, mainly because while I agree that this kid probably would not have been able to do any of this work, directing him towards a co-op that he could have learned on that bike, which would have probably been a, a perfect bike to start off learning on. I mean, aside from the fact that he would have to learn on his own how to match the tires to make sure the aspect ratio was close enough, how to swap lines out, things like that. So as much as I want to say I would 
say it's not a racket. It kind of, it kind of is. There's a line. And the reason, okay, so the reason why I say that is because I know she sent quite a few people here to fix bikes. And, and there's, there's a line that's there that if I were coming into a shop or if I were sending a friend in that was new to motorcycling and they ended up um, leaving the bike behind and possibly leaving motorcycling behind because they got overwhelmed and then were advised by a trusted person to leave it, leave alone and give up biking. I would be heartbroken. Oh no, hang on, Kat. Okay. You're adding two and two and making five. I'm going to say something in my defense. This guy, number one, was an older guy. Number two, he already was an experienced biker with a Harley in the garage. Okay. I would never. That changes that. Never, 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 never. If I had a novice biker come in, new to motorcycling, and he'd just been burned, I would do everything yeah. I could to get that cat back on the road including sending him down here and I stand by my reputation. And okay. I want to make sure hold on I want to be clear and we're not I'm not attacking you personally. No. I'm ta- all all mechanics and the system. Yeah. Yeah. This is okay. what I yeah. this is it's what I'm, I'm saying. It's and, a okay. tough and it's tough decisions to make. But I go back to the same thing. I have to default to safety. Yeah. I've okay. Got no, a no, no, no. Okay. Hold on. Okay. Wait, 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 here's on. the thing. This guy entered the system as a capitalist. He bought this bike at a yard sale for dirt cheap, and his hoping that he's going to turn it, turn it, right. and make some profit on exactly. it. Exactly. So, so he entered a system knowingly and willingly that he'll experience this kind of kind of uh, a market. A market uh, system or value. Yeah, he took right. a risk. He took a risk, and and, and he came out because he equal. didn't know what he was buying. Exactly, exactly. And he we know when you buy a five hundred dollar bike, you're buying yeah. five hundred. You're buying problems. You're right, buying exactly. a five hundred dollar exactly. bike. You know, um, it's. So, it, I think. I, hold know. on, hold on, Doug. Do you think there? This is a no problem. No, no, no problem here with no. the system. It seemed like he was an informed adult. Emma's an informed adult. They had a, a adult deal. Yeah, basically. He he knew. Yeah. Um, it was consensual. Even if it wasn't him, he's an adult. He knows it's his money. He could have said no. Yeah, and he I'll say said yes. Exactly. I'll say we yeah. do the same thing when we go to look and at bikes, and those of us who are knowledgeable about it, we'll go and we'll point stuff out. Oh, but this, and then this, and that's going to be this much, and yeah. that's okay. going to be that much. Right. So I mean, we do if, the same. If Emma thing. had been dishonest with him. And it was only three, four hundred dollars to fix, and she said, "You know, it's two thousand bucks. Right. That's a racket." And yeah, I right. absolutely would not do that because right. part of my shtick is I try and be as honest as I can. Yeah, and you're bound right. by law to give them the information that's what's well. There's like, a, there's like, a, yeah. there's a couple of things, right? Is, yeah, well, right. You're, you're bound by law that the bike can't leave the shop unless it's safe to ride. Exactly. Right? So exactly. that's law. You can't yeah. let it go. And, and secondly, I think Emma gave the guy a decent out. I mean, because yeah. otherwise that bike would be stored until it went to shit. And uh-huh. that would be it. Now the bike's on the road. He's happy. He got out of a shitty deal he made. Emma's got a, a ride. It, so. and I probably got, s- it probably got hawked about three win. times before this guy came in. To, Maybe. Could be. You know. But also, I, you know, so. along those lines, I was going to say um, that 
if what what I what I see Emma is that you're telling him exactly what is wrong with the bike, what it needs, and what it will cost. That is completely upfront and honest. That is not a scam. Now, are there ways that it could be done cheaper? Sure, but and he can go and find those on his own if he wanted to. Exactly. Yeah. But but it's not up to you to tell him that. Yeah. So your job is to tell him what it's going to cost right. for the shop to fix it. That is completely upfront and honest. But if you were to tell him, oh no, it's going to be ten thousand dollars, but I'll buy it off you for three hundred bucks. Now that would be a scam because right. then you're not being honest with them. So from my mind, if if you're being honest with them, that's not a not a scam or, or no. schemer. Of any exactly kind. my point too. Thank you, so Michael. You're welcome. Mainly, mainly, I wasn't particularly talking about Emma in that instance. Mm -hmm. I've seen it a lot in the motorcycle community. Sure, sure. So yeah. as far as that goes, I mean, of course, we all trust Emma because she's earned our trust and she's earned everybody's trust that she's worked with. Sure. Um, it, it's a common thing in the motorcycle community and in any community. In and I work. In an auto in an auto shop, and mm -hmm. it's a common thing in the auto shop industry too. Yeah, which Taking is terrible. Taking advantage of people who don't know, yep, who don't know better, is a is a common thread, All and the time. it's in anything. It's yeah. not just in the mechanic industry, and but it, it just happens to be that there's a lot of money to be had in that industry. Yeah, the and motorcycling so, community is not exempt from assholes. As no, and even no, in the exactly. motorcycle community, this is yeah, about ten percent. It's not a model yeah. that is <laughs> yeah, exactly. that everybody can accept. And, right, yeah, and exactly. I agree. I mean, you're not taking advantage of somebody because you do have a higher standard as a professional mechanic. I understand. Yes. Yeah. I, I come from a place where there was a time when I was in my 20s where my motorcycle was my only form of transportation. Right. And I had a KZ400 and it got hit by a car and the forks got bent. And I took it to a mechanic who gave me a quote that was more than what the bike was worth. Right. To fix it. Of course, then I go, oh. You had no eBay well, back then, did and you? I had had the engine done. The engine was running beautifully, so I'm just like, well, oh, I guess here, if you want it, you can have it. I'll just walk away. I just walked away and left it with him. Mm, what I know now, away. what I know now, I, and this is before eBay. Now you can just go on eBay and yep. buy a fork too. But right. I didn't know where to go right. to buy a used part because they're quoting new replacement parts. Mm -hmm. um, and and of course the person who hit you know fled the scene. My insurance like oh we don't cover that you know mm -hmm. all this, and so I walked away from the spike and I go oh is all I a, needed was a fork tube. Is this a yeah. therapy session, Liza? Are we no, working but, out some old shit here? What's going on? <laughs> well, I just I realized uh, talking to her because I know that Phil gets deals like this all the time, um, and I think that it's just this big gray area that the industry creates where the prices that you're quoting to fix something are going to be let me above and beyond. Yeah, let me tell you, let. Let me give you an example. And when we were having breakfast, Liza bought me breakfast this morning. Isn't wow. that amazing? But I used an example while we were sitting down having breakfast. And forgive me, it's non-motorcycle related, but it's sure. kind of it motorcycle related. It relates related. to this, this, this thing we're talking I about. I yeah. drive, when I'm not riding a sweet Pacific Coast. <laughs> it is sweet. The Pearl marshmallow. White. The, the Pearl Honda White marshmallow. marshmallow. <laughs> you mean Mr. Whippy. Yeah. Mr. Whippy. <laughs> Exactly. I drive. I drive a sweet 2001 Mazda B2300 pickup truck. Mm -hmm. If while we were sitting having breakfast, some guy was to get a key and run a key down the side of that car, mm -hmm. do you know what had happened? It would have sucked for you. It'd be totaled. Oh, because, because the cost, the of, paint cost is, of a yeah. paint job yeah. mm -hmm. would be more than the vehicle's worth. Yep. It breaks my heart at work when I get bikes. The last one that really I fell in love with 
we had a gorgeous blue ZX14 come in. Oh, yeah, you were talking about this the other day. Oh, God, I love that bike. Totally, because of the tank. 10,000-mile bike, cosmetic damage all over, few fairing parts, scuffs here and there, and the tank was chipped, and they totaled it. And I cried when that bike left because... And the insurance companies are such a nightmare to deal with. Hey, man, can I buy the bike? No, we don't. And the problem is there's this liability thing. It's this default to safety. Yeah. Um, The insurance companies... When a bike has been down the road, if there's any structural damage, even if the numbers are good, they kind of don't want you to rebuild it because of the liability. So, Emma. Yes. To rid yourself of the guilt for taking advantage of people in this industry industry racket, (laughs) what advice would you give to our listeners who might be in this position? Having a bike, they don't work on it. They're going to take it to a mechanic, and they're going to get this crazy quote. What advice do you have for them? Redeem yourself. You know, (laughs) there's really only two things. You have to either empower yourself by working on your own bike. Find a co-op. Find people nearby. Hang out with other bikers. Get that collective knowledge. Or just find a trustworthy mechanic. And... They're out there. Look, the only two professional mechanics that we really know here are myself and Phil. I know Phil's as honest as I am. And we're honest. He's jaded, but he's honest. Yeah, well, (laughs) guess what? I'm jaded too. But the point is, we're honest, so we're out there. You know, it's it's the 10% rule. 90% of people in the motorcycle industry want to do a good job, want to keep people on bikes, you know, and 10% are total douchebags. You know, you just got to find your way to the 90 and not the 10 and not let the 10% affect how you deal with the 90%. Yeah, and Mm. as a side, this is like you spent many years working on motorcycles and you could diagnose a bike pretty damn quickly, but you spent... And and the the char the cost that you charge people for what you do is is a culmination of that ye- of those years of experience, right? You know, like some some guy will come up to you with a bike and and, and you could diagnose it instantly, and and he'll go, well, sh- why why am I paying that well, much I, money? I, I mean, well, I'll give you, know. you I'll give you a perfect example. Yeah. Um, guy brings in a ninety five Goldwing. Right. Well, you know, I know those friggin' fifteen hundred Goldwings like the back of my hand. Right. And he said, cruise controls out. And um, I don't know why the cruise control works. And um, my wife was just following me down here. Mm-hmm. Brake lights stuck on all the time. I said, okay, man, it's your front brake light switch. So we put on a brake light switch. It was 40 bucks. I charged him 20 to put it on. Mm-hmm. He's down the road for 60 bucks. And I was like, bang. Yeah. And he was like, mm-hmm. oh, I thought it was going to be hundreds. Well, guess what? Yeah. The cruise control doesn't work because your brake light's stuck on. Right. And I know for a fact it's your front one because... Front brake light switches on GL 1500s are lousy pieces of crap. Yeah. Um, and he was thrilled. And, so, and there are these people who go like, why are you charging me so much? Because it took me fucking years right. to know this. He's, and they don't appreciate the respect, you get paid the for skill of, of, of it. You, you know? sound like a graphic artist. Yeah. A little bit. <laughs> a little bit. I, think, I think the takeaway here is learn how to wrench yeah if you buy some tools buy a manual because every single person here in this garage has learned how to do work on their own bike that's because everybody's bought a 500 dollars bike (laughs) 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 or less can i can i 
I, I do have one thing to say. I am not a mechanically inclined person. I do not think I will ever be a mechanically inclined person. Some people's brains do just do certain things. My brain does certain not lines. do mechanics. That's okay. But you know I, enough to where you know if somebody's pulling the wall. No, I don't. So I got but fucked over stuff. majorly by a mechanic, and that's why I'm so butthurt about the whole mechanic thing. And I understand but, that. But no, in, I get that. in that when somebody says oh just do it yourself to somebody who's not mechanically inclined that is putting up a big black screen over everything that you want to do right. with motorcycles mm. so so when when somebody says oh just do it yourself oh just look it up in the manual oh just youtube it or just oh figure it out like that's just a big old fuck well, you to not us something so for everyone, in yeah. closing so, don't just say somebody can go do it themselves say Hey, go around the community. Find somebody that you trust because a lot of the time, if you say just go do it yourself, they won't do it and their bike will sit in the garage. So right. find yeah. people in the community, poll people, figure out who they go to, who they trust because it doesn't matter if you wrench on your bike or if somebody else wrenches on it. It just matters that it goes yeah. down the road. Con context certainly matters. You know, if you're you have a bike and you, you have a good idea of what you can do. Sure, but if yeah. you're looking at a like an engine block of a BMW of a 2013 BMW, you're like, well, what the fuck? I mean, you know, like I, I get that. And can I just say something in closing? Because it's something I see a lot, and it upsets me because in my world, I just want everybody to have access to bikes. Yeah, no, if, totally. If you know nothing about how the mechanics of a bike work. If you buy a 1970s bike because it looks cool, you may have a very, very short biking career. You're going to have yeah. a bad time. <laughs> You're going to have <laughs> Be serious. I mean, anybody yeah. can pick up a copy of Cafe Racer magazine and think yeah. CB400s or 350s are the greatest looking bikes in the world. Yeah. They are and they looking. are damn cool looking <laughs> they bikes. They are good looking. But if you know nothing about the mechanics of bikes and you're buying a 40-year-old bike... You know, yeah. yeah. Think about Japanese find some fuel friends injection. quick. You determine your level of in involvement. Right. Well, I just wanted to say though, we had Scott in here today, yep. new, you know, newcomer here, and he was in here doing his forks. He barely asked for help, except for where's this tool? I was except, hovering. I was hovering. He had brought his own computer and he had YouTube that was videos. Chris, going. I think. Oh, was that Chris? Yes. Chris. Yeah, yes, that was Chris. Chris. And he had videos going. And he looked like a Scott, though. Didn't the, he look like the instructions? <laughs> And I thought that was really cool. No, he was he a bit thick, too. He enabled himself. So my advice to people is if you are getting a project, a cheap bike, expect that you know, you're going to you're gonna have a lot on your plate. However, I would say go through and do as much as you can. Right. Maybe you're going to have one or two things you can't do, and that's what you go to the mechanic for. But you can save a lot of money by doing Absolutely. your own wrenching. And you can always find a group of bikers anywhere that would love to tell you everything you need to do to your bike. Mm -hmm. right. You go to oh, any, yeah. Do you know the two things that impressed me the most about Chris? Yeah. The first is he brought Olin's. Yeah, yeah that's mm. the Olin shocks, right? Yeah. Were they Olin shocks? Forks. They were forks. Olin's forks. Yeah, forks. Oh, shit. Where were they yeah. from? Uh, they were from a multi-strada Ducati. Oh, that's that Ooh. dude. Okay, right. And okay. Um, the second thing, he was very well groomed. I was okay. say his hair. He had a very <laughs> nice hairstyle. So, um, hey, I have a couple <laughs> quick updates. So, um, we uh, given out all of the T-shirts to our Patreon subscribers. Fantastic. Everyone who came on at five dollars got one of our, our custom uh, T-shirts. 
and they're all gone. So wear thank them you. with pride, subscribers. Thank you, you to want our to. Patreon subscribers. Yeah. I'm working on coming up with some new rewards for our new subscribers. Misfits if Pride worldwide. You go on there <laughs> for a dollar a month, you still get access to some of our special mini sets we've done, and we're going to have some more coming up. And if you go on for $5 or more, um, even though I don't have any prize now, I'm working on something, and it'll be retroactive, so you'll still have access to that. Are those the Naked Gym coffee cups? Um, <laughs> I have the extra long handle. I'm actually considering, Emma, I forgot to ask you, but, oh, no, I did, maybe. No, you I've, didn't. You never asked me anything, maybe darling. You tell me. $10 a month <laughs> offering either Jim or Emma nudie pics. Ooh. I'll go nude. Uh, yeah, I know. We're whoring, we, we're whoring out our members. Can, we, can, we, can they be wrestling? Like boy, cats? are they members. <laughs> if, that, that okay, <laughs> Patreon subscribers, for $10 a month, I will pose. You could feed a starving child. Standing next to my Turbo Goldwing, <laughs> completely naked, except for a pair of red pumps and a smile. You're such a whore. And I will suck my belly in. Oh. <laughs> well done. Okay. Um, I also, thought, another. <laughs> another. I thought, I thought that those moments were only for me. I feel violated. I'm sorry, Knock. I'm, I'm but for 50 bucks, we'll violate so Knock. <laughs> so another real quick announcement. Shit, I'll do it for free. Yeah. And just the, this is the news category. Not going into detail, but I'm kind of excited, and I'm sure there's going to be woot, more woot. talk down the road. MotoGP 2019. Mm -hmm. They announced the addition of a new class. Yep. Mm. Which is? Moped. Electric. America. Oh. Right on about time. MotoGP. It's getting there. Cool. Electric. It's going to happen. Nice. nice. That means there's just going to be another explosion. Well, which is, the this is, and the bonus, if you don't have much time, it's only five minutes long. <laughs> Ooh, <laughs> this is cool burn. because like Isle of Man has an electric class, but now <laughs> like we're at the premiere racing of right, 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 motorcycles. Right. Yeah. Well, cool. now you'll see fast is fast. You know, yeah. times you don't lie. So out there. Well, yeah, you're oh. going to see some like actual prototype bikes that, you know, that's, you know, They're well, also, eventually trickle down. And but, uh, as we know, they can talk shit to each other while racing. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. That was the thing that stuck with me the most with the altar guys. Yeah. You can you can heckle the person yes. you're riding next to. <laughs> wouldn't you love, wouldn't you oh love to God. mic, if mic they up mic a bunch them? of Italians? Oh, you're a piece of shit. It'd be called uh, XGP, I, I think. Yeah. I'd love to see Rossi up against one of the spicier other guys. Oh, my God. But we are, we are in the thick of MotoGP season, and, and, and Nock is my pusher man. For you want to get those, the two Italians are going to yeah. have to have the... the, with the, the, the what do you Subtitles. call it? Subtitles. Yeah. Yeah. Oh my god, that could be fun. They I want I want that job. <laughs> so hey, let's Papa get to Golo. let's get to some emails. Magic Mike, you got one there? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's yeah, I got one. Okay, you want to read it? Yeah, for sure. All what right. a what a bro. All right, this one's from Paul. Um, hey Paul. Hey Paul. Paul. Hey Paul. Paul. Hey Mike. I just wanted to say uh, I missed you ha having you on the podcast, dude. Oh yeah. Bullshit. Yeah. I know it's true. <laughs> the Bullshit. The fucking people love you, man. Yeah, the people love me. As soon as he starts talking, he's a lot. He's a lot tamer now that he had a kid. <laughs> yeah. And it's it looks tired. like he's lost uh, the baby bump. Yeah. 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 <laughs> it's true. It's true. So how, uh, how about that email? Okay. Okay. So uh, this one's from Paul. Dear Misfits, Liza and Emma, it was great meeting you at the Quail. Well, oh, I was yeah. Oh, yeah. Hey. Hey, Paul, I was there too, motherfucker. <laughs> 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 and 
anyway. <laughs> that's it. That's the end were, of that you were fucking looking email. For Keanu. <laughs> yeah, this email's done as far as I'm concerned. <laughs> you motherfucker. <laughs> anyway, I'll give you an opportunity. Thanks for listening, though. Yeah, I'll give you an opportunity to redeem yourself. <laughs> <laughs> Let me. I gotta collect myself. <laughs> you know, Patreon subscribers for fifteen dollars yeah. a month, we can have Mike insult you. <laughs> <laughs> it's true. You piece it's of true. shit. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you fucking yeah. All right, you ready? Yeah. Yes, we we're ready. That was our first trip there, and it's gonna be your last, Paul. <laughs> oh, Jesus. I'm just kidding. I'm just playing. I'm I'm not gonna do nothing. And I was impressed. My favorite bikes were the Vincent Black Shadows. Oh God, Ooh. yes. In parentheses, I loved them ever since reading Fear and Loathing in Las Vegas as a kid. Yeah. On parentheses. The CBXs and the Britain. Oh, yes, yes, mm. yes. Yeah, yeah. totally. Yeah. <sighs> Lots of cylinders. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah. Mm -hmm. I also like the BSA, uh, that one second place. Mm -hmm. Well, you know, one is spelled with a W, Paul. Just saying. Oh, my God. No, I'm just kidding. I'm not going to fuck with them anymore. <laughs> no, don't. <laughs> no, no. Second place in custom modified. It had just enough gold accents. We talked for a while with the builder's dad. He was pretty proud. The builder's Rich Mitchell works as a clay modeler for Tesla. Oh, nice. Ooh, wow. Yeah. That was his only only a second build, the first being a Volkswagen Auto, both built in his garage. Cool. Hmm. Uh, sounds like one of us. I'm not sure if you were there when they fired up the Britain. It sounded beautiful. Yeah. Yeah. And, and he sent us a video. Well, that... this one's for Emma. He's got something for Emma, too. Oh. Well, I was just going to say, I'm going to share the video of the Britain being started okay. on oh, our Facebook dude. page. That shit's awesome. Mm -hmm. Okay. Emma, it was a pleasure meeting you. Thank oh, you. Thanks, Paul. Yeah. Thank you so much for taking the time to walk us through the build of your Norton. I love how you fabricated parts to make it run better extra oil lines, oil filter, adapter, et cetera. Nice. Yet it still looked original. Those customizations were done so well, they looked OEM. I hope to get up to Santa Cruz someday to meet the rest of the Misfits. Kind regards, Paul. Paul, you actually do um, type a lot better than I do. So I'm just, just a disclaimer. You should see my text. They're fucking awful. They are. Yeah, it was cool meeting you. There, hey, did I, did I meet cool, him though, too? Thanks. Was he with that girl no. when I came over to you guys? No. All right. Well, whatever, Paul. We'll see what happens. You know, <laughs> no. Paul, thank you so much. I'm still getting a kick out of going to public motorcycle events. And people come in, are you Emma? I'm like, yeah. <laughs> no. and, and then you flinch, fits. right? Yeah. It's like, like, who's who's asking? Do you have yeah. 50 bucks Where's, where's your attorney? Yeah, I'm exactly. Emma's, I'm Emma's sister. Well, the other cool thing about the quail is Emma's Norton was in it, and it's such a beautiful motorcycle. Oh, thank you. Well yeah. done. So I've got an email from Will. Hello, uh, Willie. Hey, Willie. We <laughs> Willie Wonka. Big Willie. Runs through the town. Greetings, Liza <laughs> and the Misfits. I'm taking three weeks off in June-ish uh, for a work-life grand reset motorcycle tour. Oh, nice. There's a lot of slashes in there. Is I he Canadian? Like saying slashes. Uh, I'm planning on riding from SE Kentucky to Seattle. So that would be southeast. Southeast. I'm like, mm, I don't know. I live in California. <laughs> we don't use those things here. <laughs> um, then That's south. Close to the Eventually linking up to, with Highway 1 to do the, oh my God, this is beautiful, ride south. Mm -hmm. Then home <laughs> And via closed. Depending on where you're going. Highway 1's yeah. closed still, isn't it? Oh, yeah. Either yeah. Just through Big Sur. Denver but that's still or... Uh, and one. south too, yeah. Are you guys done? Sorry, no. <laughs> yes. Okay. 
Jesus. <laughs> Rice. Uh, then home via either Denver or Albuquerque through mm-hmm. certain map points are open. Those, Although certain map points are open to change. Uh, the plan had been to take a couple of people with me, but they backed out. So this should be extra fun. Right now, I plan to camp as much as possible. So I'm planning for some real biker shit or whatever. <laughs> yeah, um, nice. If... I were to pop by, are there any upcoming weekends to avoid? He goes on about wanting to buy us pizza, which is cool. We'll accept that. I we will, like pizza. I will eat. Um, it's on the public record now. And wants to come camping here um, in Santa Cruz. Asks if we recommend anything. Henry Cal or uh, no, Hollister. Uh, yeah. Make reservations. Well, yeah. Hollister's. Yeah. Well, that's the thing. If you wait, like John said, if you wait around, I, I bet everything's booked already for the summertime. So find some mm-hmm. side of the road shit and you'll be fine. Hollister. No, you got to get Hollister. Hollister. Yeah. You, can just, you can just pop in there and, and camp. Mm-hmm. There you go. Yeah. Well, there's, yeah. Also, there's also big basin. And too. you know what? Especially uh, green sticker season. Yep. Yeah. Not much going on down there. There's yeah. anything, any place besides you know, Hollister you want to make reservations. Always at. camping at Laguna Seca. Always. Oh, really? Oh, nice. And then he wants to know. What size fork driver seal went missing? Ah, uh, yeah, it was one of the universal. Yeah, uh, that yeah. <coughs> it was a but, motion pro. Um, <coughs> yeah, the, generally the most common size forty two goes a long way. A lot yeah. of shit has forty two millimeter forks on it these days. Well, since we're working on little vintages up to these yeah. modern, you know, do you know what size the Europeans? forks are on my Pacific Coast, darling? Uh, Probably something that only Pacific Coast has. 38. 42. <laughs> 42, really? Do you know what size the forks are on CBR 600? 42. 43. 42. Oh, 42 is oh, everything. Wow. Is yeah, for, 42 fits a lot. Yeah. It is Cat, the, why don't you finish it, that email? Okay, Thank you. Sorry. <laughs> I feel like I just have given up trying to hurt the cats. <laughs> and the email's really short, too. That's a funny <laughs> thing. Um, <laughs> yeah. It's like two sentences. He just says, thanks again for all the fun we'll see in <laughs> depressing Kentucky. <laughs> 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 right. uh, yeah, come on down. Right. There, There is... It's <laughs> open every Sunday if... If I'm not here, somebody is here to, meow, meow, to open meow, it up. Meow, meow, meow. <laughs> Who's making that fucking noise? Why is he fucking doing a pterodactyl over here, Doug? Yes. <laughs> yeah, that's what's happening. I think they're actually gargling. That's <laughs> but also, but check Highway 1, because we ran into some dudes uh, riding up to the quail from L.A., and they were stoked. They did all these great rides coming up, and then they got to the closure on Highway 1. Yeah. And had to backtrack like oh, 35 fuck. miles. Um, are you serious? Yeah. Yeah. It was cold as fuck, too. Yeah, just to let everyone know, there are two closures on Highway 1. One is by... Um, Allegedly. There, 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 there are two closures because there's one by Big Sur and there's one south of Gorda. Because yeah. I have I have a friend who lives in between and his oh. life is royally screwed right now. But there, uh, there is sucks. a great there yeah. is a great road that we know when you get to Greenfield on 101, mm-hmm. you can go up through the mountains to Carmel Valley Road, which will bring you all the way back down to Carmel over at Highway One. Mm-hmm. Great road. It's mm-hmm. a great road. It's so look up Carmel Valley Road. What's the name of the road again? Gloria? Carmel Valley Road. Oh, Carmel yeah. Road. Okay. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I'm thinking and dirt Naka road. And has entered yeah. the building. I, uh, <laughs> no, I think, it, I think it turns into G17 or something. But yeah, yeah. Carmel yeah, Valley Road. Yeah, just look that up. Good road. Next to Kashau, yeah. Yeah. All right. This email is titled, Cross Country Motorcycle Trip Coming to You. Yeah. Cool. Right? Do uh, it. Says, Do greetings. It. Who's My name is Juan McLean. Hey, Juan. Juan McLean. That sounds like the most Texan name ever. I am a longtime listener in an addition to being a self-identifying motosexual. I am also yeah. a house and disco DJ and producer who goes what? by the name the Juan McLean. Yeah. <laughs> Get over here. Nice. Yes. Good 
get over here. Doug, these are your people. Let's set I, up the party I know. Now. I can't wait to meet this guy. Uh, I currently live in New Hampshire, which surprisingly, due to the harsh winters, can uh, can stretch into May. It is a huge motorcycle riding state. Harley culture yeah, has pretty much dominated Laconia, here, right? but I, I get a pass from most of these dudes with my 78 Triumph Bonneville T140E. Mm. Nice bike. Anyway, this summer, probably starting in August, uh, me and my friend Jenny, another DJ from LA, are embarking on a cross-country DJ tour on motorcycles. Ooh, I just nice. got a question. Ooh. Plastic or vinyl? Ooh. Are you spinning CDs or computers, or are you spinning, spinning vinyl? And do they hook it up to their bike? If you spin vinyl, you know what? we, we got to talk. Doug, he's riding a 78 T140. He's spinning vinyl. <laughs> he's got to be. Yeah, right. he's got to be. Uh, we're starting in northeast uh, in the north. There's those words again. I don't understand. <laughs> <laughs> starting in the northeast and ending in Southern California. That that sounds back in. I know Southern California. Okay. A big component to this is that we are raising money for the Trevor Project, an organization oh, no. that Great. provides a phone hotline for the LGBTQ youth. Cool. cool. We also have a platform uh, yes. to, for documenting the trip with Vice. I would love to stop nice. by when we hit mm. your area and would especially oh, love I, to be on the podcast. I love hey, Vice. Again, prepare to be underwhelmed. Listen. Wait, does that mean we, we have disco balls? I have a question. Make sure he doesn't bring Paul. <laughs> I have a question. I want to float to your panel of, of experts as well. Oh, yeah. Float away, darling. We are hitting up bike companies to give us a couple of bikes for the trip, but I'm on the fence about whether or not it's a good idea to do this trip on my Bonneville. Uh, incidentally, I would love to have Emma take a look at it. Uh, my partner is a therapist and says that I like to make things hard on myself in order to be cool and that I should take a new bike. I disagree. Okay. That was Juan saying he disagrees. Uh, thanks, Juan. Um, what do, yeah, what do you want out of this thing? Do you want to complete the trip? It hard or do you want it yeah. dramatic? Do you, do you want to make it and not have any problems, or do you want to bring your, your bike? I, ha I have an you opinion. Want adventure. I'd say if you're doing a solo journey, make it as complicated and difficult oh, as you fuck want. That. No, <laughs> fuck no, that. No, yeah. because sometimes overcoming these these obstacles is is a, makes a greater journey. A However, yeah. if you are traveling with others who right. are on new right. dependable bikes, don't be that guy. Yeah, yeah this you know, is true. And, the the the, the problem is now, and I'm finding this more and more. It's not just the bike. On a cross country trip, it's finding people who know that bike well enough. Parts. Yeah. That can either supply you with the parts you need, or even do the big jobs. T one forty E is a fine fine bike. Um, the E stands for electronic ignition. And then there was the T140ES, which stood for electric start, which came later. <laughs> but the T140E is a, a little misleading there. Thank you. <laughs> I never would have guessed. Um, <laughs> but T140E is a great bike, one of my favorites. Would you I ride across country? Thing. No. Yeah. So <laughs> you guys left. agree? Yeah. Don't it be sounds, that guy. It yeah. sounds yeah. like he only wants to take it just so Emma can look at it. And you know the truth Send is, some photos. That's he's, a good he's only got a two-gallon tank Ooh. on that, so he's always going to be looking for I, fuel. I have, yeah. I have the, I have, I think I have the answer. There is there going to be a chase vehicle? Because if you have that Bonneville in the van, it would be great to take it out have every a chase now vehicle and then. Go with your records, right? And your Bonneville. <laughs> why? Why doesn't he? <laughs> Why doesn't he hit up Triumph and just say, hey, look, I've got this classic Bonneville. I really want to take it across country. 
you know, why don't you give me one of the new ones like a barber? Yeah. And some, some I'll free take advertising that and give you some free you. advertising. Because, yeah. yeah. you know, Triumph are always looking for good advertising. Yeah. Well, we're looking mm. forward to meeting you all. Yeah, right on. That'd be cool. All right, got one more email here. Yes. Uh, this is from Eric Henderson, who writes, is ABS worth it? Yes. Eric. Okay, next. <laughs> yeah, next. <laughs> next. Well, Eric. Is it, is it switchable? Well, How much of a hooligan are you? Uh, are you doing stoppies? Let me just read what Eric wrote. <laughs> Eric says, hello again from your faithful (coughs) listener, Eric, in beautiful, sunny Minneapolis, Minnesota. Hello, Eric. I've got got a quick and dirty question for the crew. So dirty. I've been looking at a few used Kawasaki's lately and noticed Mm -hmm. that some have the ABS option and some don't. On the used market, the prices between ABS and non-ABS bikes are pretty similar, but ABS bikes come come up for sale far less often. So how big a deal... How big of a deal is ABS in the opinion of the misfits? I know it's not a necessity, but is it worth waiting for an ABS bike to come around? Thanks. What bikes is he talking about? If he's talking about some have uh, Kawasaki's. He just said Kawasaki's. He wasn't I know, I know. I'm, I'm asking Emma because ah. it, it, the Concourse mm. is newer. Right. They're, you know, they're not that old. Yeah, I but mean. Kawasaki has a lot of bikes that been, didn't change for 20 years. There's not a lot... Well, no, I mean, you can. They were later to the game. No, no, no. The... You can walk into a Kawasaki showroom and you can buy um, a 300 Ninja with ABS, ABS. on it. Yeah, now. Right. But I'm yeah, saying now. on the right. used market. Yeah, he's probably talking about concourses. I don't know. I mean, I'm always on the fence with ABS. Mm-hmm. For a novice rider, God, it's fantastic. But what a lot of people don't realize is if a bike's got ABS, the chance are it's got traction control as well. And if it's got traction control... Kips for... Yeah, yeah you know, the, the, the Kawasaki system is traction control as well, which means you can't do burnouts on it unless you turn the <laughs> thing off. Or wheelies. Which, which is, is very like, upsetting. It's a huge problem for the average rider. Or stoppies. <laughs> <laughs> Look, I was once uh, riding my BMW R1150RT through San Francisco. BMW, darling. Just, <laughs> just going down the street. Yes. And as it happens in places like this, there was a tourist looking for a parking space in the right lane, <gasps> saw a spot on the left no. and whipped a U-turn in front of me. Oh. And apparently... Dry and, road? <laughs> yeah, dry road. Car. Right. And? I grabbed brake and this was the first time I ever experienced the ABS on that and this is that kind that just goes tick, 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 chatters. Right. It's kind of frightening. Yeah. And I came to a stop right before hitting their door. Wow. So mm-hmm. as somebody who prevented an accident because of the ABS, I'm all for it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That said, I don't have any bikes that have it now. It's not something that, like, I will only ride a bike with it. But if there's two options, with or without, I go with with. Yeah. Yeah. You're saying and they're no, about the same and, price. And but also, I'd, go, I'd go without because mm, there's well, you have more... a death wish. No. And, no, but also look up, some, look up some videos. There's some very simple videos on YouTube of, uh, of riders, test riders breaking in a big puddle with and without ABS, and they give the guy without ABS huge wings so that so that like he oh won't, yeah he won't go down. About. But without ABS, he goes all over the place and spins and would go down. And the ABS just stops. They didn't even give him any any wings. Yeah. I think what it comes down to is it's more about your preference, um, what your riding requires. If you are trying to do lots of burnouts and stoppies and and wheelies and all of these things, traction control and ABS are probably mm. not for you. If you don't want to be doing that, if you want a commuter bike that you want the utmost safety, if you can, ABS is probably what you're going to be want to be looking for. If you can find a bike where you can switch it on and switch it off 
always yes. get that option always even if yeah. you are always doing stoppies and whatever uh, you want yeah odds are when you're commuting you don't need to be doing all of those stupid I, things i think this comes just down to motorcycling in general it you got to be honest with your how you assess your skill level yeah know what your limits I've are i've got it's important a motorcycles and misfits top mm. oh there we go oh. yeah it's a top tip get a bandit <laughs> oh, oh god they are fantastic you know what i rode another 1250 bandit last week. oh god those things are so hey and mike's it's a, gotta go bye mike bye mike baby duties and right right now our listeners are saying well now hang on why isn't emma owning a bandit right now and it's a very deliberate thing if I had a 1250 Bandit in my garage right now, it would be in the garage and I would be sitting at home watching TV because I'd have lost my license. <laughs> I just... <laughs> I get so much... Those things have just got so much frigging Is talk. this your top tip? No. <laughs> I know. It was his fault. He made me do it. Get, get, it, get on. Get, talk, get on with it. Motorcycles and Misfits top tip. Look yourself in the mirror and be honest yeah. with your riding ability strip away all the ego it says just where am i at with my riding and choose your bike according to that exactly and if you don't know where you're at with your riding ability ask a friend who rides with you and they'll tell you exactly where you're oh. at with your riding yeah, ability if you don't know just get the abs I yeah mean, you I can mean, always you know, get a non abs what, or what disable could it. possibly yeah. go wrong it's there if you, you need it. And you, hopefully you will yeah. never need it. Yeah. But it's better to have it if you do. And i got to tell you, the Kawasaki system is super reliable. But it's so, something that you don't use every day. So, you know, you may not ever really know the, the benefits. But that's it. It's insurance. It's that's insurance. It but the only thing I will add, the Kawasaki system is <laughs> very reliable. The BMW system if it fails, you've lost your brakes. Ooh, Wait a minute, what? Really? The bike is, is unrideable. Right? This is across all models or certain specific Didn't models? Didn't that happen to you and Charlie? No, it, 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 the... Yeah, it happened It happened to Charlie Bowman. They they had to weld up a frame and it took out the ABS sensor oh, and he lost sh- the yeah, brakes shit. on his bike. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he had to give up his bike. Oh. And I actually met Charlie at Legend of the Motorcycle in 2007. Mm-hmm. Back then I smoked. So me and Charlie were outside smoking because we weren't allowed to smoke on the property. And I was talking to him about that, and he was pissed. Because yeah. he said, I mean, the bike was perfect. The frame cracked. Yeah. because blah, blah, blah. So you go in and you get the frame welded up. Well, he, was, he forgot to take off the ground strap of the battery. Oh, yeah. And it fried the, the ABS yeah. module, mm. and he lost the brakes. I mean, mm. the pedals went all the way, you know, his pedal and Got his lever floppy. went all the way back to the... Uh, wow. To the well, stop. they've gone through different that's, systems. That's yeah, ridiculous. I know, but this was this was a 1200 GS from, well, I mm. guess around tw- 2000. So, hey, and, um, in, in wrapping up, we've got one new update. Bagel, what you got? Yes, I just wanted to give a quick update on my idea that I had uh, a big, exciting idea I talked about a couple weeks ago. Yeah. And I filed <clears throat> I filed my business license for my hey. company. Yeah. Hey. Yeah. Really, really, really happy that you're going through this, too. Bagel you actually Enterprises. brought the software to do designs and stuff. This is yep. great. I have, I have designed the uh, 
the license plate frame that I want to produce the first one. I've got designs for the others coming down the road. I'm also going to be producing some uh, very nice little oval country badge stickers in a dome sticker format, which I'm going to be selling to fund startup costs for the business. Those will hopefully be online in a week or two. Um, I will have more to, to, to report in the near future. I've got lots to do to set everything up right now. Uh, but the business is going to, going to be called Cal Frames. And cool. uh, C-A-L. C-A-L. And uh, there's nothing up on the website yet. It's calframes.com. But, so don't, don't go there yet. But in, in a week or two, hopefully, I'll have a website up and, and start having some more information. Um, the plan is to have a fundraising campaign this summer to raise the money for the die casting for the first, uh, the first product. And uh, I will be hoping to have support from everybody out there in the listening audience to spread the word. Now, this is largely going to be for the California audience, but anybody who'd be, but it will also fit modern, most modern motorcycle plates too. So anybody who has a modern motorcycle, hopefully should be able to fit on their bike too. Well, we'll be looking forward to seeing this business flourish. Yes, can you. I yeah. can I get a GB sticker for the back of my Pacific Coast bagel? Absolutely, Emma. And do you know what GB stands for? Great Britain. Go blimey! <laughs> <laughs> and Jim, of you, course it does. Jim, you got something? Yeah, I just want to give a quick shout out to Duran of Duran's Dirty Garage <laughs> and oh, yeah. Eric Morley Blue Sea Advertising. Those guys, I want to. Oh, those cats are so cool. Yeah, when I grow up and can be a kid again, I want to be those guys. <laughs> <laughs> so they're down on the ECR ride down in Mexico right now, and we see these pictures pop at Duran. On, it, it was a no first like Jim sent me a picture. Hey, this EDC ride in Mexico looks awesome, and it's a picture of this guy doing like donuts on a KZ1000 police bike. Nice. And, and somebody Full had fairing. posted on Instagram saying like, "Yo, this dude was riding on the track on this bike, crazy." Big and then the next bike. morning we get a, a text from Eric Morley saying, "Hey, Duran's out riding his new Craigslist bike out nice. in Mexico, and it's the picture." Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Well, of course we knew the and, guy. And the other thing that you have to understand is Duran is like 16. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, so he's like a 16-year-old out there rallying. 16 and no fear. And it's, on, and it's on the, the beach. He no, this KC is like on 1, the beach. Police bike. Police so bike. Do all the things while your bones are still rubbery and can heal themselves. <laughs> right. So right on Duran. And uh, Eric, thanks for keeping us in the loop. It's it's so much fun watching what Blue Sea and Duran's Dirty Garage is up to. So thanks for keeping us in the loop. Keep it up. And I want to say, um, going back to the New York Times article that – that, um, Mike, about you. Mike McFate wrote. And if somebody wants to read that, all you got to do is Google bike life. It comes up. But also I found a lot of uh, videos on YouTube of bike life, of this right. culture, this thing that's happening, going back to 2013 in every major city. So yep. it's out there. It's happening. If you want to learn more about it, check it out. Um, but And certainly if you want to email us and tell us your opinion of where your line is. Yeah, please Because you may do. say that we're, we're fucking idiots and we are out there giving bikers a bad name. Wait, you mean that we're not be. idiots, Liza? <clears throat> well, you know, <laughs> it's a two-way street. You know? <laughs> and we may say the same thing to a Harley rider without a helmet. So right. everybody has idiocy. their line. I understand uh. it. But... <clears throat> If you'd like to give us some feedback, send us an email, especially because next week I won't be here. Yeah. <laughs> I'll be, uh, hopefully I won't be fishing my bike out of a ditch. <laughs> yeah, so uh, Jim Nock and I are going to be doing this 300-mile ride through Mendocino Forest. Mm -hmm. Smoke weed every day. You think, well, yeah, I don't know <laughs> to say, you think we're going to come across pot pot uh, plantations and okay. shit out there yep. in the middle of nowhere? Yeah, they, they put them out there just to slow you down. <laughs> but, but Emma and Doug will be here running the show, so yep. it still That's will right. go on. We will be the hostesses with the mostesses. 
And yeah, just don't, don't fuck it up. To... Don't fuck it up. No, bro. it'll be great. Okay, good. Nobody will want you back. <laughs> <laughs> this is true. This is true. And a reminder. Um, they don't want me if, now. If you'd like to find Corel, because he is very He's entertaining. He's awesome, fun. yeah. <laughs> I'll put a link in the show notes, too. And Corel is spelled K-A-R-E-L. Cool. So the place that you go, though, go to Motorcycles and Misfits. Find the link to our Patreon page. Yeah. To Thank our you for our uh, donator page, sponsors. Um, to everything there. Thank you very much. And... Um, also, if you want to go on iTunes and leave some feedback, because Emma's ego needs a little boost. It's, it's been at Finally, least a week. someone with a bigger ego than yours. <laughs> <Finally>. <laughs> no, Liza just screens those emails out and doesn't tell them that she gets hundreds of them a week. <laughs> I, I feed them to her in little increments. Yeah. No, because what will happen, this is actually, Liza does something unspeakable, and I'm like, I'm done talking to Liza. <laughs> and so I'm sitting fuming at you home. You too, huh? You no, too. <laughs> and I'll sit fuming at home. Fucking Liza. And then there'll be the bing email. And she'll send me <laughs> the sweetest email. No, wait, let's clarify. I didn't write it. No, you didn't write it, but <laughs> yeah, you selected it. I still, I still it. hate your guts. You <laughs> selected it. And depending on the, on the level of what she did to me on that particular day <laughs> depends on how good this email is. Oh, God, some of these guys. Thank you, know, you, guys. Anybody who's written an email to Motorcycles and Misfits saying kind things about me, it's thank you, guys. single-handedly holding the garage together at this point. <laughs> Please continue. Yeah, call, it's, it's call a, me Yoo-Hoo, the glue. It's important you, you understand the dynamics of your relationship with other people. Yeah. I think. I'm pretty clueless. I mean, I just, yeah. I love bikes. I'm happy hanging out with the misfits. Yeah. And, you know, it's just my love. Of, oh, God almighty. <laughs> but, uh, um, hey, Emma, my Emma? love of motorcycles has served me very well over the years. Yeah. Emma, are you done? No. She's, she's never done. <laughs> hey, I wanted to thank everybody for listening. Yeah, Making thanks, it guys. This far. Get the fuck out of here, huh? Yeah, let's get out of here. Yeah, hey, it, this is yeah, Liza. I still got to call my mom. Can we get this yeah. road, show on the road? Yeah. yeah. This, hey, <laughs> thanks again for listening. This is Liza. Bagel. Knock. Go fuck yourselves. Doug. Isaac. Emma Darling. John Dalton. Naked Jim, go fuck Doc. <laughs> <laughs> Please do. Don't look at me when I'm inside of you. <laughs> <laughs> and Mike. All right, hey, we out of here. Cool, cool. cool.